On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, how's it going, folks? Uh, this is the the first episode of the Mile High Pundit Podcast number one. Uh, with me here, I have my good buddy, uh, Jared Shuck. My name is Joel James. Uh, we'll basically just be talking to you guys uh about sports um you know our takes on it we're we're from the the colorado area uh so we're big into to all things denver sports related uh big Nuggets fans avalanche fans uh broncos fans you name it so uh we'll be getting into uh just giving our takes on that and um yeah uh welcome guys listeners hope you're you're all doing well i hope you're hope you're all having a good day um and i'd also like to bring uh my buddy jared on now to to introduce himself to you guys as well yeah thanks joel i uh i'm jared um like joel said we we pretty much grew up together went to the same high school uh stayed in touch pretty well over the last god it's been eight years can you believe it's been eight years since high school ended it's it's insane. That's just, like, just, that, just that's nothing to think that. about. Like to think that eight years ago we were still breaking into the school to decorate the school and getting throttled by administration for it. But <laughs> oh man, whoops, those were those were some times for I, sure. I, I took the heat uh, for you on that one, Jake. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like like Joel said, we're we're just all all Colorado sports all the time. And we've been very lucky and fortunate to, to work in the industry and be, uh, be surrounded by some, some pretty really cool people. Um, we both worked for an American hockey league up North, uh, the Eagles. And it's just, it, things like that are so few and far between. We can find people that, you know, who are still succeeding in the industry and still trying to do the right things. It's just, it's a lot of fun to still find like-minded people. Well, yeah, and it's it's all family too up there. You know, it's it's a great organization. Um, for our listeners who don't know, the the Colorado Eagles are the now affiliate team for the Avalanche, the AHL, uh, American Hockey League affiliate. Um, they have been just an amazing, amazingly successful franchise uh, over the years. 
one of the most successful franchises probably uh you could probably look that up on in, actually <laughs> in colorado yeah for sure like there's there's no way like sky Sox are never that good the, the eagles have done something that i have not seen any other team do they have gone every league they played in the central hockey league which was prior to them being in the east coast league um before it went mm-hmm. defunct they won in the yeah. central league they won back to back in the East Coast League right before they left for the AHL, which there was a whole mess with them giving the cut back and everything else. It was just really funny to watch the whole thing transpire. It's two back-to-back Kelly Cups. Yeah. Just just awesome. And the the first one, the second second they got in, they knew they were going through. Like, like nobody was stopping them. They were, when they beat Toledo in the Western Conference Final, that was the toughest challenge they had to face. Yeah, 100%. And when they beat Toledo in six and they beat them on home ice to win the West, they knew going into South Carolina that they were going to win. There was just no way they weren't going to win. And well, yeah, Toledo Toledo was the, the, the best team out of those two that they faced. Oh, 100%. Um, and and even even Allen, when they played Allen um, in the conference semifinals, even that wasn't as close as it looked. Um, there was just such a disparity in the, the quality of play. From from tactics to how well the power play was going, which which is so polar opposite of how it was in the Western Final the second year against Fort Wayne. Um, it, oh, yeah. the, the power play against Fort Wayne in this in the second in the in 2017-2018, the, the the power play for Colorado, I believe Kevin McLeod said it was like one for twenty six or twenty seven, just some absurd number through seven games. And well, through six games, three periods, and a little bit of that first overtime period, they scored one power play goal. Their power play was atrocious. And yet they it, still. It, it was insane. And nobody could figure out why. With all the firepower they had, and because you still had guys who were sent down from the American League affiliate, which was uh, San Antonio at the time. Yeah, San Antonio yeah. Rampage, because they were splitting it with the Blues. So, so the Eagles really had about half a lineup of American League players and yet couldn't figure out how to score a power play goal. <laughs> it was just like one of those things where where I think you look at them and it was like, you know, were they really, was the power play really their strength or, you know, were they just an, an overall better 5v5 team? If um, you look at 5v5, they were the better team. Uh, like yeah, 100%. Yeah. And that's not me being biased. That's that's hockey statistics and hockey reference page data to back just, it up. And mm. the, the craziest part about it was the second year, the, the first year they had Joe Canada in goal. And, and Joe Canada was an, Avs, was an Avs player. He was signed to an Avs deal, but he just he couldn't get it going. Yeah, and, yeah, and so he went down the Eagles, and he's he's a phenomenal ECHL goaltender, AHL hit and miss, judging on his stats. The second year, mm-hmm. they had a they had a kid named Lucas Hafner. Nobody knew who this kid was. He played at Western Michigan, and he, he was a relatively unknown, unknown, unproven guy. And yeah, he yeah. And he came in, and it, it reminded me so much when I watched Jordan Binghamton last year for the Blues. Great I, performance. I was like, way, just. Oh yeah, he was. You want to talk about a guy who stole a cup? Yeah, look at Jordan Bennington, a hundred percent. At just all of the Boston fans I know right now, um, you know Bennington basically 
him and and just Tarasenko too. The way that Tarasenko played was, and O'Reilly was that that line just played over their heads that series. And and to think that the Avs got rid of Ryan O'Reilly. I know it's so. I I understand why they did it at yeah. the time, and the the big contention of that was he wanted Duchesne money and. Sherman at the time was not going to give him Duchesne money, which, and, and as we can tell now, he should have given him Duchesne money, and Duchesne should have gotten the O'Reilly money. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like that's not even close. Like there is, oh man, it, it's not even close to the disparity between the two players. And, oh, it's and, and, and when we get into the Western Conference preview, I, I actually I have both of those guys on my list. All so right, and they're they're going to be really interesting, and you're gonna, yeah. I think you're gonna. Just knowing, because we know Duch- we know Duchesne and we know O'Reilly, but the reason why yeah. Duchesne's in here, I think, is going to shock you. All right. Well, well, I'm definitely excited to uh, to hear those takes, and and to all of our listeners again. Like I said, welcome. Uh, this is the Mile High Pundit episode one. Uh, just as far as our topics today, we'll be getting into uh, number one, just just thing that's been weighing on a lot of our heads: the uh, MLB, MLBPA, uh, just everything that's been going on with that. Um, kind of both our takes on on what that sort of means, and then as well, like Jared said, we'll be getting into a juicy little preview for you guys as far as playoff hockey goes. Uh, we're going to be breaking down all the qualifying matchups, our takes, and who we think's going to be. Um, just a solid impact player for that series, uh, as well as just revealing our final standings too for the playoffs. And, so, and, and, and let's just be clear that even though we are Colorado people, I'm I, I'm not entirely sure if either of us have the Abs in the finals this year. Um, I, I certainly do not. Yeah, I don't um, either, and I don't even have them number one coming out of the West in that in those qualifying matchups. <laughs> so well. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it's it's literally something that none of these players have ever gone through before. So it'll be super, super interesting just to see, you know, everyone's reaction to that. And, and, and to everyone saying the quality play is going to be less, there's no way. There's just absolutely no way with how this is set up where you're going best of five for your, for your qualifying round and then going into straight oh. best of sevens. It, it's going to take 16 still. It's still going to take 16 wins to win the cup. It is still the most prestigious trophy in all of sports, in my opinion, because it is the hardest to win, bar none. I I agree with you, Jared, hundred um, percent. And also, just with that, you know, uh, people saying like, yeah, they won't be playing with with you know fans or anything like that. And got to remember, like these guys, you know, these guys, they're they're born and bred to play hockey. They, you know, um, don't care about playing. I mean, you know, obviously they care about the fans, you know, everyone cares about, you know, it's a huge aspect, but, you know, they also, they really want to play for that cup. Um, Really just want to play for the cup. So, uh, yeah. So without further ado, let's get into um, this, uh, this MLB. How did it take them so long to figure something out? <laughs> like that that's that's still like the one part that blows my mind and i and, and everyone's just so divided on it is it oh the the players being too greedy or is it oh the owners being too greedy it, everybody is divided on it and it's so bad how bad it's divided 
Oh yeah, and I'm telling you, Jared, just from just from kind of just sitting back, watching how you know these different leagues have handled this situation as far as their seasons. Now, granted, you know baseball hadn't really kicked off, but you know you can you look at it compared to the NFL, and there's just an astronomical you know difference with you know how everyone's being treated. I think you know there's been just a lot of pressure put on both the association and the league uh, get things done. And there has been some disputes. So. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, again, look, like I'm just happy they're going to report spring training in six days in the spring training 2.0, six days away. And they're going to do it at their home ballparks. My, my, my biggest issue with sports reporting and reporting in general regarding this whole pandemic is Charlie Blackman just tested positive for COVID-19. Him and three other players. One was Philip Deal, who is a relief pitcher. And the other then, one was uh, Ryan Ryan Castellani, right? Yeah, Rex. Minor yeah. Guy. Yep, and he's a minor league guy, and he's another relief guy. My my issue with it is, did they test positive for it, or did they test positive for the antibodies? Those are two completely different things. And, and yeah, it's interesting you bring that up. No, it's it's really interesting you bring that up with just what's going on because they they did not they didn't say you know what kind of test it was it was just a positive test. That so with them being athletes too, you know you know I'm sure that that three of them are going to be you know their immune systems good enough to to you know fight this thing off. But um, yeah, Rocky's making you know national headlines for players testing positive. That's that headline in itself might even be just a little bit misleading just because of, you know, one of the guys is a minor leaguer who's, you know, not going to be, I mean, he might be called up, but he's not going to be with the team to start. So exactly. And, and here, well, in case you guys haven't seen the full press release, I'll run down a little bit of the kind of the main talking points. Um, so the teams are going to play in their division. So Rockies are still going to see Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Padres, um, <laughs> And oh gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting the other one. Rockies, Diamondbacks, Dodger, Padres, and uh, Giants. Giants. Thank you. Gosh, I can't, why can't I remember? That? Um, roommate, roommate's an absolutely massive Giants fan. Oh, geez. Giants fan. So, um, yeah, it's just having him in the house is always fun, you know. So they'll so they'll play them ten times, and they're gonna play interleague against what they claim is the geographical area. What they mean by that is NL West plays AL West. So we'll see the Athletics. Um, and so anybody in the AL West, so athletics, Seattle Mariners. Astros, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> how many of them are going to get beaned? That's the real question. Uh, uh, true. I, there's a lot true of division that. on that. Um, <laughs> so they'll see them 20 times. The, the biggest one for me is that the NL is going to use a DH for the next two years. So this <laughs> is not just for this year. It's going to be for next year as well. Yeah, and I'm actually kind of I'm, I'm kind of excited about that, you know. Really? I mean, in in regards to the Rockies, I don't know. I just think we have a guy that's tailored for that position right now. Yeah, and I could be wrong, but but I do you know who that guy is that I'm referencing here? Uh, I for me, it'd be Garrett Hampson. It would definitely be Hampson. Hampson, give give me David Dahl. <laughs> Ooh, really? I, I just like Dahl in the outfield, though. If you're going to put anybody there, I'm going to put Desmond over Dahl. Give me, give me David Dahl, and then you need to go find 
than outfield because our outfielders, even last year, were just atrocious. Yeah, and I mean, um, it, it doesn't help that Dahl got hurt. Um, it doesn't help. But Blackman's slowing down. But we got to remember, we still have Sam Hilliard. And he, when, when he came in, he was a gangbuster. Like, it wasn't even close. He, he turned some heads for sure. He definitely turned some heads for sure. And, and then here's um, another really interesting point. They've been doing this in the minor leagues, and I, I've loved watching Isotopes games when they do this. Teams will begin with a runner on second base and extra innings. That is going to change so much about how they're going to play extra inning games. Because this guy, will be just... What's that? So, so this will just be four, uh, four games for extra innings. You'll have just a guy starting on second base. Yep, so right, start, right at the start of the 10th inning, boom, a guy goes on second. But the guy who goes on second was the last out of the previous inning. So for a guy okay. like Hampson, if, if he, let's say he's the last out in the ninth and they come back up again in 10th, he starts on second. You can't tell me you don't want that speed on second with a chance to win the game or tie it. I mean, I mean he is one of the fastest players, in, you know, in my opinion, in the league. He, he, you know, he's got... There, there's a there's a reason why he had so many so many steals as a as a rookie, um, he, he, you know, and and last year too, kind of had some had some heroics as well in the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and and the Rockies yeah, are getting dude. no love from Vegas right now. Plus eighteen thousand, like just no love from Vegas. I mean, I mean, it's tough though. You, you look at who we're playing. You know, I mean, you got first off, you got the Dodgers, our division. You know, number one power rankings probably across the board, in my opinion, uh, because they just they just added Mookie Betts to the roster. You know, they, they just they just became this the Red Sox of the East, basically. Like, I, they, I thought you know, Mookie, it's <laughs> I thought Mookie Betts. I thought the Dodgers were going to give up so much for Mookie Betts to never play a game if they didn't play this year. I was going to cry <laughs> laughing because they gave up Verdugo and so many minor minor leaguers. That it was just so funny to look at and go, oh, that would have been upsetting. And and you know you look at it, it's like right now, right now you know, like their roster is built to win right now. They're they're sick and tired of of you know getting to the big game and losing it. Mm-hmm. That that was the reason why you know they gave up the farm for for bets, but he just he creates a whole other problem for. I mean, how are you going to, you know, great pitching for sure, but, but how are you going to compete with that? Um, the concern still for me is, is Kershaw still reliable enough to throw in the playoffs? Exactly. And that's going to be their downfall and not necessarily their downfall, but a weakness mm-hmm. is definitely pitching for them. Um, at the same time, they've got some good guys, some good young up and coming guys, uh, you know, have, have really done well for them. Um, you know, just Max Muncy is the first one I think uh, of. Muncy, uh, you got that guy. Uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Bellinger. You, Bellinger. Yeah. Oh, Hunter no. Ryu. Yeah, the pitcher. Uh, Ryu. Yeah, Ryu. That's what I was thinking. Um, see, they got guys that are coming up as far as that goes too. Ryu. If Ryu never pitches again in Denver, I think he will be happy. He does not <laughs> pitch well here. Like he gets beat between him and you, Darvish. They get beat up here more. Than I've ever oh. seen a pitcher get beat up. Whenever the Rockies play you Darvish, doesn't matter what team he's on, I lick my jobs. Oh yeah, because let just, me tell you, they just get they just beat him up. It's so much fun to watch because they they just beat him up constantly. Oh 
yeah, and and just you know with our division too, just historically, the Rockies have always had to. You know, it's always been you know not as much now, but it's always been more of a of a pitcher's you know, heavy weighted uh, best opinion because you know, we had Bumgardner throughout his entire career. Mm-hmm. One of the few franchises that had to play Bumgardner throughout his entire career. You got guys like Granke in Arizona, but, you know, at all the pitchers from the Dodgers. Like, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, we, de- you know, it's definitely a hard, super, super tough division to play in. And on top of that, we get the Astros, the team that unfairly, you know, beat the Dodgers for that, for that World Series, but they are still a very good team. Mm hmm. And, and and that's I, I, you know, that's that. the the one team that can challenge the Astros, and it's not even the Dodgers. It's the Atlanta Braves. That, that is the one team I can see challenging the Astros for the sole reason of you have so much youth across almost every position in Atlanta. Oh, yeah, like like Acuna Junior. The kids, the dude's gonna be a stud forever. Yeah, Acuna. He he's gonna be one of those MVP type. Caliber players, in my opinion, and Freddie yeah. Freddie Freeman's always going to be a reliable first baseman. Draws mm-hmm. a ton of walks. Always seems to always be on base. He's great defensively. And, yeah. And, and when you when you look at rosters, just even like Atlanta, even Arizona, when they had Goldschmidt and tried to compare it to Colorado post, honestly post Helton since Todd Natale yeah. was in 07. Post Helton, like like and that two zero. Have we even really had in? Even Tua, like eh, Tua is still kind of touchy, but yeah, won't get into that today. <laughs> and, yeah, you want to talk about quite possibly one of the biggest busts of all time in Colorado? It might be him. We can can definitely save a take for yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, to, you know, for fans that don't know, you know, to I mean, you could you could probably look it up. You know, Tulo and and the Rockies do not get along. <laughs> That might might be an understatement. (laughs) I'm sugarcoating it. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so just as far as like what the league's been talking about for uh, for some of these mandates, um, I don't know if you've been hearing, but you know they they are offering unsigned players 400 a week uh, to live in Nashville. Um, This is this is directly via CBS Sports, so basically treating it as like a Basically, just you know, they'll have all of their all of their farm players there. Just it's you know, someone does get hurt throughout this sixty game season, um, so at least they'll have you know healthy arms, which is which is really good. They're and by themselves and you know in a in a uh, what's the word uh, you, you know in in a controlled um, environment in a controlled environment exactly and. So, I think that you know that's a good place to start. That's huge, but there's also been some just some discrepancies between just the actual association and the players union. Um, have you have you seen any of Trevor Bauer's tweets? Uh, let me I, not recently. I don't think, but Trevor Bauer might be one of the most interesting people in baseball to follow on Twitter. Because he just he just speaks his his Twitter at is Bauer outage. Um, right. 
awesome awesome ad <laughs> yeah right free ads i guess um free clout and all he he just speaks so much from the heart and he doesn't care what anybody thinks he's he's like this is my this is my stance i'm sticking to it you guys can get over it I, I'm, I'm not dealing with it those guys like you can't change my mind like my opinion that's that exactly and you know what like <laughs> and and he he's he's been very critical of scott boris the super agent who who's been apparently in on this is all just reading off his tweets i've obviously have no insight on this um he he's like scott boris has been involved in a lot of these talks with players and kind of kind of pushing the needle for the players who are part of the return to play committee um and and John Hyman dropped one of the names that was part of the return to play. And one of them was Daniel Murphy, which I would have never expected Daniel Murphy to be part of that committee. Daniel Murphy. That's mm-hmm. interesting. And when they voted seven to one against one of the proposals, Murphy was the one. Murphy was the for, one vote. for proposal because he just wanted to get it done and over with. He just wanted to play. I feel yep. like you know, he just wanted to, you know, he, he's one of those guys that's not going to be, you know, just about the money. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of those players that were caught up in that I feel like, but then you know you're looking at it. They'd initially done a 72 game season, mm-hmm. um, if you know not as much monetary incentives for sure, and you know that got you know that got the the big guys and and the, and the big voices you know like Bryce Harper. Um, you also got you know. Uh, guys like Pete Alonzo, you know, Nixon Zell vo- voicing their displeasures as well. Um, I thought it was hilarious how Bryce Harper tweets at the Eagles and says, You guys, he's like, Sup, Eagles? Like, wait, <laughs> you can you go play wide receiver for him? Like, what's up? Like, hey, sign Bryce Harper. Can you imagine streaking in those, like, those Sesame Street cleats? Oh, jeez. Yeah, which the NFL <laughs> will never go for. He'd, he'd, he'd get laid out. He'd, he'd just get destroyed. So the interesting thing about those rosters that we were just talking about and having them all in a controlled environment in Nashville. So the rosters for the first two weeks of the season will be 30 guys. So a little bit more expanded roster, kind of let, kind of still trying to figure out who your roster is going to be with your spring training. Like a, like a pre, like a, like a pre spring training kind of, well, summer training you could call it. Exactly. And then, so after those two weeks it goes down to 28, so you only have to cut two. And then after that first month, it goes down to 26 for the rest of the year, which is what the roster size is. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's so weird. And then there's going to be a COVID-19 injured list um, with no minimum or maximum length on it. So they could be on it for a day, then off it immediately. Like it's, it's one of those kind of like day to day things is what they're kind of treating this COVID-19 injured list. And there's no more 60 day injured list for the season. It's only, it's a 45 day. So if you're on the 45, you're on it for 45, you're stuck, which means you're basically out for the whole season. And, you know, at that point, it gets to the point where it's like, you know, as far as just the, I don't know if you've also heard this too, the way that the MLB is actually testing for the coronavirus, it's a, um, it's not the, it's, it's not the, the, um, the cotton swab. It's not, they're, they're doing it uh, via saliva. It's like a saliva based test. Um, which some doctors have have come out and said that it's not as accurate. So you've also got sort of that on the table as well. Be like these, you know, these players are 
one of the reasons why they were so upset was the the showers after the games. Yeah, I don't know if you heard about that too. Um, you know, where players were getting upset because they're like, hey, you know, it's part of my routine. I got, you know, I got a shower before the, after the game. Like, you know, it's just what I do. Um, you know, for for me, it's like I'm I'm also more worried about you know if a player does get injured, if that means you know access to you know like hydrotherapy. Um, you know, if that stuff would be good to go too. Um, well, and, and anything like that. Here's you know? the thing: like, if golf courses, like I know golf courses in Colorado are open, obviously. Like, <clears throat> if if golf courses can be open and they're sanitizing golf carts, they're sanitizing range balls, they're sanitizing range ball buckets. That, that same treatment should be able to go into those hydro baths. Yes, it's going to take a little more time because people are going to want to use them over and over and over again. But sun, it, they've, they've already come out and said that being in direct sunlight is better for you than being quarantined. Oh, yeah. And it's just too, because the, the virus does die in that UV light. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why you don't have people outside, you know, wearing masks. You'll have people like inside, you know grocery stores stuff like that like you know it's it's definitely one of those things that uh, but with it's like if if one of those players like let's say you know charlie blackman fully recovers and and all that's good and well but let's say those two guys those those two other guys uh philip philip doll the the left-handed pitcher you said and then and Castellani, you know, they were asymptomatic. So, you know, you have no idea who you've been in contact with you know, throughout the throughout the process. You know, you know, I think they are quarantined right now. And then, you know, once they've done that, but, uh, you know, their next step should be just identifying who they worked closely with, getting them tested, because what you don't want, the league doesn't want to, is just team outbreaks. Yeah. And so also, I just, I, this just popped up on ESPN for me. Um, the Cubs president said that because Illinois is moving this, into phase four of recovery, which is allowed yeah. businesses up to 20% capacity and which included Wrigley field and guaranteed rate field where the white Sox are at. Yeah. yeah. So he's even envisioning saying, look, we could probably get about 8,000 people in the seats, which so he's already thinking like, Hey, like as long as it's safe, we can get fans in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if that's where we're at, like, I, I, I don't care if there's a hundred people in the seats or there's 40, 42,000, like there can be a course. I don't care. Yeah. Like, as long as you get some sort of, you know, return to baseball, I think is what we've all been looking for. J- just return to anything. Uh, like, I, I mean, I'm so excited for this NHL season to start that like, I can't even sit still. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to return. They're returning to camps in five days oh and and just you know the notion of having playoff hockey happen mm-hmm. it's, you know it's one of those times where you know it's it's just so much fun because you know first off you got you know usually you'd have you know playoff hockey going as well as just a, a bunch of other things and it's honestly one of the more exciting times since in the sports calendar year um, but you know, now you get this treat, man. Get this <laughs> absolutely, you know, just awesome slate of matchups coming in here with, you know, with the qualifiers and with everything. And I'm so excited to get, you know, back to to just seeing hockey be played at a high level. Yeah, and I think 
a lot of a lot of those players are too. And and just even seeing any sport at high level, like like there's been nights where I just I can't get to sleep, and I and on ES, I just have ESPN on my TV, and the Korean baseball has been coming on on ESPN at like three in the morning. I yeah, I will sit there and watch it until I fall asleep because I'm like, you know what? I am still seeing, and granted, it's more of a hitters game for Korean baseball, but it, it's still so much fun to watch real sports. Nothing pre-recorded, oh, yeah. nothing from the past. I oh, yeah. It's just, it's so much fun to watch. I mean, you know, when, when this stuff all started, I, I used to get through the days, I would, you know, play like little, like Broncos, like highlight videos on like the TV, mm-hmm. like season recaps or something. It's off like YouTube or, you know, um, I actually saw like a live game of cricket. I think I about shit myself. Like I was like, what? Like, what? like, oh my God, like what's happening? <laughs> well, like, you know? And like, like I remember... Like it can't, it came up on my on my phone's like, hey, this was a year ago, and it was like all stuff from the Avs playoff run last year, which yeah. my little brother and I went to all five home games, which was just insanity, and it was worth every dollar I've ever spent right now because we can't go, and just like seeing those and like just going back and watching all those highlights and just going, wow, that the electricity in the in those buildings. How crazy those games were! Even even the Avs lost Game Three to San Jose in the second round, which was a four three final. Yeah, yeah. The, the it was still so electric in that building to the point where you left still going. I still had a great time, even though they lost. That was insane. Oh man! And, and let me tell you, I I got to got to watch Game Six of of that yeah. you know last year. Just, uh, was able to find just some some really good tickets. Uh, these people had sold their tickets like right before the game, and one of those things where you just got to pounce on it. It was you know like ten, eleven, twelve rows up. Six uh, had a group already that wanted to go. It was just so much fun, like well, just the and and how it went to overtime too. Oh like, yeah, everything oh. about it. It was it's like it, it was per- it was a perfect. Center experience. I'll just put it that way. I remember leaving. I remember leaving Game Six, and I—I I, I mean, obviously, we had a, a few pops. Obviously, um, and <laughs> I remember we were leaving because we met up with some people before the game, and we got on the NBC pre-roll package. Which awesome, because the two people we met up with had had this sign that said, um, "Why can't you, why can't you get a drink in San Jose? Because there's no cups." You know, the typical hockey thing. Um, yeah. And I remember walking out of there and trying to get down the escalator and you couldn't hear yourself think your ears were ringing from everybody still screaming and being so excited for there being a game seven. Oh yeah. And, and, and I think that game seven might need its own, its own podcast because that it was a crazy, crazy game. That, Let me tell you. The, the Sharks had the two weirdest game sevens I've ever seen. And it Great. happened in the succession of a probably about four weeks. Yep, just every, I, I'm pretty sure there was a point in time where there was a, a decent following of people that actually thought that there was a big conspiracy that uh, it was Joe Thornton that was going to get his, his last, you know, Thornton was going for the cup, the league was pushing him because yeah. they were in some insane, I call it breaks, but insane just, you know, weird situations i'll leave it at that like, yeah and weird ones like, like i said that might be that's probably a that'll be an hour-long podcast on its own like for sure <laughs> oh, 
Oh, hundred percent. We we'll have a lot to unpack. Just you know that that series too was just awesome series, and you know, that Avs team was you know one of the best that that I can remember seeing in recent years. You know that um, that Avs team that Avs team might have been the best since Joe Sakic's playing. I mean, and and that includes the year when the Avs won the West with like a hundred some odd points in in Patrick Waugh's first year. Because that yeah. team really wasn't even that good. They they took it they, that that team. I mean, you know, they had just a lot of stuff happen, and that that year was just really good for them. Um, and we just played like a really cake schedule. I too think if you know our schedule was among the easiest in the league. Yeah, with how it was with how it was like kind of spaced out, it was one of the easiest. Whereas this year, the Avs had the hardest schedule after the All Star break, coming home, and. I, the the thing I was still so upset with, and this is me being, of course, greedy because I'm, yeah, and because of COVID, be, because COVID and everything else. Uh, so yeah. April fourth is mine and my fiance's anniversary. We had a plan oh. that day to go to the Rockies game, the the midday Rockies game. It was it was a one ten first pitch. <clears throat> we were gonna go to the Rockies game in the, in the midday. And go to and go to game eighty two against the Blues, which was probably going to decide the Western Conference that night. Yeah, like that would have been the most insane day ever. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. You know, it's like thinking about just that stuff, and you know how how sports can bring you know people together and stuff too. I mean, for me, I always think about you know you know Father's Day with my dad. Um, you know, our we would always try to go to a Rockies game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more recent ones, uh, I, I think you'll probably recall this one too, Jared, but the game that Nolan hit for the cycle against the Giants the on Father's cycle. Day. Oh, walk Mark, off Mark Melanson. <laughs> oh, it was just, guy. you know, it was incredible seeing that live and you know, sharing that moment with my dad too was, just something that I'll I'll never you know, take for granted or ever forget. It was amazing, you know. Exactly, and those are. There's been some crazy, man. Like I remember, well, now two years ago when the oh not when the ads when the Rockies um went to Chicago. So the year when they went to Chicago and won in the wild card that season, they played the Dodgers in. Uh, I was August. I think it was like early early August. Like right before school went back in, so it was packed. Obviously. And McMahon basically won the three-game series for him. He had it was just that time when he just went off. Yep, he, think, he, right? had, yeah. he had the RBI double in the top of the in the bottom of the eighth. The first night, second night hits the walk-off home run in the ninth off of. I want to say it was Ross Stripling was who he hit it off of. He hit it off of. Uh, they had their, they had their main closer, and I think. No, because Kenley. Right, right? No, because Kenley wasn't there because he, he was having his heart issues. Kenley Jansen was still in uh, in L.A. Yeah, Jansen. What? Yeah. Um, and then the next day, uh, during the day, man, they, they he comes up with two guys on, and they just intentionally passed on. They're like, "We're not going to let this guy beat us three days in mm-hmm. a row." And then Inetta comes up and takes a walk, and then wins. I was like, Ryan McMahon just won that series. <laughs> it's he, not even close. I just I, I love hearing that too. You know, just man is is one of those prospects that i think is you know he develops right he he's going to be another one of those trevor story arenado type caliber 
guys. He, I mean, he's just, he has a can't like, you know, as far as bat goes, he has just an absolute cannon. Exactly. Um, he's going to be, I think what the Rockies are hoping and, you know, take this with kind of a grain of salt, like, because, you know, Arenado is just upset with the whole, you know, whole, uh, contract and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that happened that didn't happen over the off season, we'll say, um, you know, it's, it's just like, it's not, they didn't sign anyone at all. Basically. Um, so they must be really, really banking on the development of guys like Ramel Tapia, uh, you know, guys like Garrett Hampson, guys like, um, you know, McMahon, um, Josh Fuentes, Brennan Rogers. Yeah. They're, 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 Rogers put, they're putting a lot of stake in the farm system, which is good because we haven't done that in the past. We've always traded the farm to try and get somebody. So if we're going to at least try to keep the farm and develop that way, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, you kick it to the curb and try again next year. Baseball is just one of those weird ones where it's like, it can change on the drop of a hat. Oh yeah. And you know, it's, it's also one of those, one of those sports where it's just, you know, any, any sort of injury could seriously derail a team's chances. Exactly. Like seriously, seriously direct chances. Well, we kind of um, went everywhere in that segment. Um, and it did. That's just how it goes, though. It's organic, and <laughs> what you hear is what you get. I mean, this is just us shooting it, honestly. It's just water cooler. Yeah, so I uh, want to uh, to get into this this hockey. I'm yeah. sorry, my room is showing me a house now. We're actually playing on... Moving to Denver here shortly for for all of our listeners. Um, that's a decent place. <laughs> Just had to show me that. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, let's get into this uh, this hockey. Oh man, this hockey playoff preview. I I am truly excited for this, my friend. Do, do you want to go west uh, or do you want to go east first? Well, that's the real question. I, I you know I think for I think for our viewers you, you know. Most of them, Avs fans, uh, friends and family. You know, uh, start with the let's start with the West first. Okay. Um, but before we get into uh, just that second topic, what have you been kind of doing um, as far as you know, just this the the coronavirus halt? Like, what have you been spending your time with stuff like that? Man, well, when we first got put on on. Stay at home, so just full lockdown. I I didn't go anywhere. I, I I think the farthest I went was maybe to the gas station to grab to grab a soda, and that's about it. And came home, and even then, that was kind of like, yeah, should I do that? Eh, not really, maybe not. Um, but I mean, now that things started opening up, man. I've been playing a lot more golf. I've been playing like once a week. It's just it's just nice just to get out of the house because being cooped up for this long just has not been good on really anyone's psyche for that matter oh yeah 100 percent. and now it's it's uh it's not good being cooped up i will tell you that much because i had to you know i, I was working from home a lot with my with my other job here and it was just you know as soon as that happened i, I basically just gotten trained up for this too and uh you know that 
work from home, stay at home order hit, and I was in my house for a solid two months. Mm-hmm. Um, but every now and then, you know, I, I try to get out and fish up here in, in Fort Collins. We've got a lot of lakes, a lot of rivers. Um, and uh, actually, about a week ago, I, I ended up catching my, my first uh, small smallmouth bass off a topwater lure. It's using this. Um, it's back in, in the coves of horse tooth and, you know, just getting out of the house and, and just getting into nature and, um, and off things other than the news, I think was, was key for me. Um, yeah, cause otherwise the, the, I would have gone insane. The, the news can only just, you can only just take so much of it to the point where you're like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm over this. Like, I just, just turn it off. Oh, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Like it's exactly. And, exactly. I'm going fishing today, but I don't know. It's kind of yeah. It's, there's kind of not so not so friendly kind of <laughs> storm. Yeah, I don't know how it is in Denver, but up here it's it's, it's been raining. Yeah, my my dog is trying to like climb up in my lap because of thunder, lightning right now. He's just like, I, I don't care for this man. <laughs> He's like, get me out of here, bro. <laughs> Pretty much, it's it's really funny. Uh, yeah. Um, well, yeah. Let's uh, let's get into this uh, NHL qualifiers preview. Um, want to go just like uh, do my takes. You do your take, or we can go. I could do a take. You do a take. Um, let's just go. Let's go each one, and then just take it, and we'll just go. We'll just we'll feed off each other. All right. So I guess I'll start here. Uh, the qualifying match uh, that I'll do in the West. I'll just do the, the 5v12, the, the Penguins versus the Canadians. Oh, that's East. Um, that's well, East. Oh, East, my bad. Uh, we can yeah, do East. Uh, I'm good with Edmonton. That. You want to start with just East? Yeah, let's start East. Yeah. All right. Um, so in the East, uh, we uh, we got the, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Montreal Canadiens going up with each other. A five v twelve seed penguins coming in as the five seed and the Canadians coming in at the twelve seed. Um the regular season wins one, two out of three. Uh as far as just what I think is gonna happen here, getting a fully healthy penguin squad. Um Montreal, you know, as great of a story as as that's been. Um, I don't think that you know they're going to be able to contend with with the fully healthy Penguin squad. I think it's going to be Penguins in three, um, that best of five series. And I think as far as just one guy that's really going to help them get that is uh, Jake Gunsel. You know, uh, injured guy that they're getting back. Um, you know, basically had that. Uh, shoulder surgery December 31st and Pittsburgh was actually thinking that they were going to have him for the playoffs and being you know you know a big just hockey fan in general you know Gunsel's just been instrumental in just some of their playoff runs yeah and I I've got I've got Pittsburgh winning it too um I have them three to I have them winning three games to one um I'm I'm always I I never count especially in hockey I never count a team out in, in a sweep fashion hardly ever. Last year was one of those really weird situations, um, oh, yeah. with Columbus and Tampa where that just want to talk about bracket busters. Look at every wild card team. 
yep. it was it was insanity um and it's interesting you picked a defenseman the guy i went with is was a defenseman as well and it's uh chris letang um okay he and he got absolutely destroyed the last two years in the playoffs the, the last two years he's mm-hmm. been he's been destroyed whose nets off handled him two years ago like he, like he was nothing. He looked like he was standing still. He's got to find his legs. And this is the perfect time to do it to make sure that he's going to have his legs and he's going to be able to transition back and keep with the speedy guys like Drew N, like, Co- like Kota Niemi from Montreal. Because if those two guys can beat him with speed, I don't care if Gensel's paired up with Latang or Dumoulin's paired up with Latang or whoever it is, they're going to burn him and it's not going to be pretty. On, on, the, on the flip side, if Montreal's going to win this, and, and it's going to take a Herculean effort for Montreal because they're coming in a, at a plus 175 betting guy. How oh, are yeah. You? How are you? Um, <laughs> Carey, Carey Price is the X factor. That is, that, that's the guy I had for mine, too. You know, right. in order for them to just compete with the firepower that the Pens are giving them, it has got to have those years where think we all know that price, one of those playoffs where we I think we all know that price is capable of having mm-hmm. just hasn't flashed hasn't shown it yet and and he's getting up there and Montreal gave him a very nice contract but you, you with how much trade talk was going on with him around the deadline before the season even started you have to wonder is it gonna is it gonna pay is it gonna, is it gonna show that he's worth the the eight and a half they're giving him or is his time just about up and they need to start looking at bringing in their, their next crop of goaltender. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I mean, and just, and just because of that, you know, and, and the reason why I have, uh, insult too, is my, as my other impact player for this series. Um, so in, in 2017, so had uh, through third, through, uh, 25 games played had 21 points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that was the year they won the Stanley cup. Um, so, you know, a big instrument in that, um, and again, in, in 2018, he comes back and puts up even more astronomical numbers, you know, although in the, the end result wasn't the same. He had 21 points in 12 games played. Yeah. And, and just as a, as a defenseman the playoffs you know getting them getting that back really healthy he's going to be the the guy for them i think yep and uh, he's saying too you know then, then both they be back and montreal's got a quick young core up front so and if if pittsburgh can you know, neutralize that core in in the neutral zone I, I think they're gonna they'll run away with this in four, but Montreal's gonna give them at least Montreal's gonna get at least one out of them. That's for sure. Basically. Right. Um awesome. Well well let's just uh let's go down down the line here. Uh we also have the six V eleven game, uh the Carolina Hurricanes against the New York Rangers of all teams. It's going here, to be here's my question. Do the Hurricanes do the storm surge after they win? <laughs> that's my question i mean you know i don't know a lot of people think that the canes are gonna maybe walk away with this i i think it might be close um i i don't know about close i've got carolina in three 
Um, this is one of those rare instances where I'm going to give a team in three for the sole reason of New York hasn't sniffed the playoffs in four years. They don't, I, I don't know if their young core will understand how to react in do or die situations. They're used to playing 82 games and then playing golf. That's what they're used to right now. And, and whether it's a guy like Adam Fox, who is, who hasn't, seen playoff time yet or Artemi Panarin who has seen it who saw it last year and got all the way um, who got past Tampa with uh, Columbus last year I don't know if New York has what it takes in goal to stand up with Carolina and it's Lundquist who's the problem if they start Georgiev they've got a shot my issue is Lundquist Lundquist has been he's been he's been in a funk for sure but also got to remember, it's one of those weird things where, you know, this season, it feels like it was, you know, three years ago. It's crazy. But but just looking back, you know, the Rangers did sweep the series, Carolina. Um, it was one of those things where, you know, you know I'm not saying that Carolina is not going to win the series because cause I have them beating the Rangers as well. Um, it might be a little bit closer than people think. <laughs> because of the way that the Rangers were playing before all this stuff started happening. I mean, they were within two points of Carolina. A lot of people, like, you know, you go back and look, they were within, I think, two or three points of the Canes at that next, that, that, that higher seed, um, basically right before this stuff started happening. Um, so they were getting together and, and they were playing really, really good quality hockey, I think. Right. But the thing is, is, is like you were saying with how young that team is, and this is, you know, no disrespect to the bread man, but you know, are they really ready for that next stage? I, I think, New, I think the Rangers, I'm going to say New York cause there's the Islanders too. I, I think the Rangers are two years out from really giving people a scare. Um, whereas Carolina, they've dealt with that adversity all year already. I mean, when you go into a place like Toronto, right, use both of your goaltenders within the first 30 minutes of a game of a 60 minute game. And you have the Zamboni driver. It's just an incredible for, story for the, the practice rink that the Maple Leafs play at come in and I mean, yeah, he gives up two, but I mean, those are two really good shots. And gives up two, but Carolina just batting down the hatches. I I think Toronto in the la- in the in the in a period and a half, they had a total yeah. of ten shots. How do you only put ten shots up on a team? That tells me Carolina understands that we need to batten down the hatches. We can do it. Oh yeah, and and you know Carolina is just one of those teams that's always that defensive-minded team, you know. Um, and that's why, you know, one of my, my impact player for them, they, they, they got to get back, you know, Dougie Hamilton. Mm. It's going to be, it's going to be huge for them. Yeah. And I've, I've got Evgeny uh, Svechnikov. Right. Uh, he's, Another awesome take. Yeah. He's going to, cause especially if he gets paired up with Sebastian Ajo, I don't care who their center is or whoever the third guy is on that line. Whoever that guy is, just get those two guys the puck. Just get him the puck and let him run. It's just like what Landeskog does with McKinnon and Rantanen. Just get him the puck and let him go. 
it's one of those things, you know, where um, also talk that uh, Vatanen could be back too. If the, if they the if, if they get Sammy Vatanen, dude, watch out. They they're, they're going to be scary. So there's a couple players, you know, that could really really change that you know that are that are definitely some game changers um but also i i do want to wanted to put this out there carolina was one of i think three teams there three yeah one of three teams that voted against uh the new format yeah, the new format so uh, do, do you think it's because they were zero and three against new york Possibly, uh, it could <laughs> probably not. I saw that um, one jump around on Twitter a little bit. I was like, I can probably get on that train. Uh, but you know, it's it's going to be a fun one too because you get two very different style teams playing. You got the Rangers who are, you know, young, fast, up front with Panarin, and then you got the Canes who are more of a grinded out grit, you know, just classic sort of when you think playoff hockey. Very blue in color. the East right now. Yeah, very blue collar, very like you know, for them it's like, okay, like, you know, we could we could take this, you know, we could go as as long as we need, basically. Um so, it's that mentality. So random fun fact. So at our high school so I played hockey at our high school. Did you know that all of our jerseys had blue collars on them? Even our alternates? Really? Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's just like I, one, I of those, one of those like random things that, that nobody ever knows, and it's just huh. stupid knowledge. <laughs> think, you, think that, you think that symbolized something? Oh yeah, I mean, if if you looked at the makeup of our teams, most of the time was very hard for checking, take the body a lot, um, a lot, and like we had, I mean, we had some pretty insane skill for three to four years I was there. Oh yeah, and, and just some of the guys that. I know too by you, you know you got M Trachley guy that played mm-hmm. hockey for CSU. You got a whole bunch of just talent coming out of that high school. Exactly. So, and plus, um, we had Cowboy Cerrone come out of there, but who cares? <laughs> right. Um. Well, all right. Yeah. So I've got I've got the Canes winning that series. Um. But I've got them winning it in four games. I think the Rangers will be a little bit. You know they'll be they'll be excited to get out there. Yeah, like, like I said, if, if they start Lundqvist, they're screwed. If they start Georgiev, I think they got a shot. Hundred percent. So now, um, seven versus ten matchup. Um, you got the seven seed Island New York Islanders against the ten seed Florida Panthers. The Islanders are coming in as the favorites at a minus one twenty for you ste- <laughs> for you betting nerds like myself. <laughs> and um, I think the Islanders they did win all three of the season games. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, the Panthers are coming in at the underdog at plus one hundred, so not a not a huge gap there. Um, a lot closer for us a seven ten matchup than I expected. Um, definitely not, yeah. But uh, who do you got? Uh, for me, I have the you know I've got the, I've got the Islanders over the Panthers. Um, you know, a, a big reason for that is. Uh, I think, you know, Jordan Everly getting back. Um, you know, with that team, just the way that, you know, they that they kind of rose, you know, you got two, you know, New York teams in the playoffs for the first time in, in a while, and that's, that, you know, that's awesome. Um, but just the, you know, Jordan Everly is going to be that, that kind of guy that, you know, they're going to – 
take that and when you when you add him, you know, back into the mix of a very good, you know, Islanders team that I think people might underrate just a little bit. Um, you know, I've got I've got the Islanders winning um, that series in four games. I I agree. Everly is going to be a pretty big game changer for the Islanders. Um, I I have Florida in five. Um, this is my first underdog pick I've taken, and it will not be the last. Um, and for the sole reason of goaltending, like I've like I said in the last couple of them, goaltending is gonna win is gonna win a couple of these rounds, and the Islanders were very very shaky in goal all year. Varlamov is ultra inconsistent. Yeah. Yes, is that how he is. Put it. And <laughs> even Bobrovsky in Florida, well, he's not—he's he, not consistent enough to the point where you can solidify, be like, yes, he's an elite goaltender. If That's do, exactly if, why Bobrovsky is actually my ex, my my game changer for uh, for um, <clears throat> the. Uh, Panthers, um, you know he. It's it's one of those things where, like, is he going to step up? And and for the Panthers, I have Alexander Barkov. Okay, he's their yeah. he's their number one center, and no discredit to Aaron Ekblad, phenomenal defenseman. He we you know what you're going to get with Ekblad. But, but Barkov is that he's a big imposing center. I think he's like six four two thirty, big imposing center. Throws the body, has a wicked wrist shot. And yeah, and and Var, what what has always been Varlamov's biggest problem, even when he was here with us, even when he was in Washington, it's his glove side. Markov loves to shoot glove. Yeah. And oh. if they start picking those corners on New York, on on the Islanders and Varlamov, it's gonna be a long. It's it's gonna be a very long five games. All right. Yeah, I. I don't know, just because, you know, with the Islanders, you've got a team, uh, you know, especially, you know, with Everly, they've got, and then, you know, Barcelona's coming back too. Um, but they've got, you know, some great, just good, you know, talent too, to where, you know, I think they're also a team that's, that's really just like itching to get back into, uh, into the playoffs, you know. Um, and and, and here, here's the one thing that I think also might help the Islanders. I'm still gonna, I'm still sticking with Florida, but here's the one thing that might help the Islanders. Barry Trotz. <laughs> he plays the most boring system of hockey I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it works though, but right? But it's so I effective. Mean, it works. Trotz is probably, I mean, he's probably the reason why that franchise got turned around as quick as he did, you know. And, and a, the sad part is, their, Barry Trotz is my X Factor. That is that is a great X Factor. Nobody on the ice. It's it's going to be, it's a war of attrition from behind the benches. And Yeah. I mean, you talk about the coaches in this. You got Quindle on the other side. Exactly. Got, I mean, in itself. It's going to be such a fun series, I think. I, I, if we would have both gone, if I would have gone both coaches for X factors in that series, 
would have been would have been probably very well warranted but oh yeah I, it's, if, if i don't think new york's gonna be able to play this slow style of hockey with how with how heavy forecheck based quenville is i think they're gonna have to adjust on the fly and well, i got four and five man right let's uh let's go with next one here uh we got the toronto maple leafs versus the columbus blue jackets um a team that you know they, they split the series uh this year um each one two uh you know both very very good teams i i think and, and this one's gonna be a really fun matchup jared yeah this is this might be the most intriguing in the eastern conference I'm not going to say overall because there the West has four really good matchups. Um, oh yeah, I I have Columbus in four. Okay. Um, and and there there's no two ways about it. John Tortorella might be one of the best strategy based coaches in the game. Mm. No, no matter what you think of the guy, no matter like he's so he's brash, he's outlandish, he's kind of a jerk a lot of the times. But the dude's track record is insane. Um, but the guy who's going to have to step up for them is going to be Josh Anderson. All right. Interesting. You, you know what you're going to get with Nick Foligno. You, you know that. Foligno's always going to be solid. Josh Anderson's going to have to produce if he wants to stick around and he wants that big boy money. And you don't have guys like Duchesne or Panarin to help carry you like you did last year. And, very true very and, true and Seth Jones just got activated off IR when he got hurt in the game against Colorado and he's actually my my impact player for uh Seth Jones back just because of the um just because of again the timing of this you know you've got players that normally wouldn't have been able to play in playoffs now being able to get healthy and you know teams are going to be full in their full strength at you so Exactly. Seth Jones, yeah, he definitely one of those guys that, you know, him just coming back, huge difference, huge difference. And Toronto is really going to have to prove a lot of people wrong. Toronto is in one of those weird situations where they can't get by the Bruins. They everybody knows you're not getting by the Bruins. They haven't gotten out of the first round. You know, God, it's been a few years at this point. I want to say it was 2015 they got out of the was the last time they got out of the first round. Oh yeah, it's been it's been a while. I mean, they one of those teams that you know people always talk about them. They they they're you know they're kind of always on that bubble, but they never. It's kind of the equivalent of having like like just from me and you both being Rockies fans, having a good team, but then having the unfortunate necessity of having to face the Dodgers in your conference. Yep. Like, you know, um, for them, it's like, it's, it's, you know, one of the same things with, with Boston. It feels like in the playoffs, they can never get under, get over that hump, but you know, it's Barry, another ex Avs player with them. He's been playing a lot. He was playing a lot better before, uh, you know, all this, all this coronavirus stuff happened for them as well. And I think it helped with the coaching change, bringing, bringing in Sheldon Keefe, getting That's rid of huge. Mike Babcock. It, it really kind of opened up the system a little bit. Um, 
the the only the guy who's really gonna have to show for them to win this series is gonna be John Tavares. Between and I was between him and William Nylander, and the reason I didn't go with Nylander is that he is he's underperforming. Uh, plain as that, plain and simple. He got he got paid a ton of money. He sat out a long time. He's still underperforming a year later. Tavares yeah, wanted to go to Toronto. He wanted to go there. Now you have to show that you were meant to go there. Yeah. And, you know, with that too, I mean, Toronto, they, they just had, you know, they got, you know, they got Mitch Marner too. They got Austin Matthews. I mean, they're a scary team. Um, they are a team that, that I think, you know, as far as what's going to happen, I've got the Leafs in five. Um, as far as what Columbus did last year, it was great. Um, but with that, you know, they did lose a lot of guys. Um, they did lose Panarin. They did, you know, they, they, they lost just a ton of talent. Um, but my, my X factor as far as for, uh, for the Blue Jackets, yeah, again, you know, it's just whether Seth, Seth Jones can experience. Who do you got for Toronto? Who's your X factor for Toronto? Uh, for Toronto, it's tough. Um, I'd say I'm going to go with another sentiment, but I'm just going to go Austin Matthews. Intriguing. Very intriguing. I think, I think he's just that guy that, you know, he really ties that line together. Um you know, I mean, his line, it was one of the best lines in hockey this year, you know. Um, yeah, you, you know, you know what you're going to get with Matthews. Comes in, 18-year-old, drops four goals against Ottawa. You know what you're going to get with him 100% of the time. And it's the guys around him that have to step up at this point. If they don't step up, they're DOA. And so, regardless of him getting coronavirus right now, I mean, he's going to be fine here. Probably like a week or so anyways. We all, I mean, they're, they're, they're in top physical form. Like, the coronavirus is not going to affect all these top guys. Definitely. They'll, they'll be fine, you know. Um, maybe another one, you know, just, just as far as a different type of X Factor, maybe Jake Muzzin, you know. Yeah. Uh, about it from that that perspective and him back you know he's a guy that you know has definitely stepped up this year i think and and the nice part with muzzin is that if you pair him with tyson berry you you essentially get a ian cole sam gerard mix so actually i'm going to i'm going to go ahead and retract my my austin matthews and i'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and go with jake muzzin because it's not a bad one <laughs> And Barry can can you know step up and provide that defense with a dangerous offense combination, offensive combination. You know, um, that blue line they're going to be just that much tougher to beat. You know, um, and I think yeah. As as much as I like watching you know the Blue Jackets play, I think Toronto just has a little bit more firepower than them. Yep, I can see that. And like I said, I think I've got it going five, and I got Columbus because. A game five is a game seven. Anything can happen. 
and it's the craziest of times. So I think if it goes five, it's going to go either way, but yeah, there could be an upset. There might not be. Yeah. Just, just one of those matchups that I am just really, really excited to watching in the East. Um, as far as this first round of qualifiers goes, yeah. Um, as you know, that being said, you've got, the top four teams waiting in the wings for whoever wins these games so yep and we'll we'll just run down one through four really quick number one uh coming out of the east is boston um i have them finishing second out of their round robin um Mm. um and the guy their their big x factors give me no surprise it's david pasternak yeah 100 100 point score the the guy is He's exactly what they've wanted him to be. He's the goal scorer and paired up with Marshawn and, um, oh, who's Bergeron. That, that line is borderline unstoppable. Um, I'll tell you that there's a reason why, you know, the Boston Bruins were as, as, as good as they were this year, you know, um, coming in you know top seed in the east you've got them um i've got marshawn that's my x factor player as well um because if that line's going it's just it's one of those things where you know you know they're, they're one of the best teams in the league for a reason um that entire first line is just something else where, where do you have them finishing out of their round robin still number one I have them number one. Um, I've, I've got the, as far as the East Round Robin, I've got the Bruins at number one. I have the, uh, I have the Lightning at two, uh, the Flyers at three, and then rounding it out, uh, we got the Caps at four. So the only one you and I have in agreement is the Capitals at four. Interesting. Really? You've got. So I've got um, Philadelphia at number one. We won. Yep. Boston at two and Tampa at three. Um, Philadelphia going into the break was one of the hottest teams in the league. Eight, one and one in their last 10. Um, While I do think the break may hurt them a little bit more than people, a little bit less than people are saying. They're saying it's going to kill them right now. Yeah. The, the, The one... The biggest X factor for Philadelphia is going to be Carter Hart. If he can step up and show what he was showing with the Everett Silver Tips in the WHL and be that number one guy they need him to be and they've drafted him to be, he's going yeah. to steal three games against three top tier opponents. <laughs> yeah, give me give me Claude Giroux. Yeah. Um one of those guys that's just, you know. And he, I think he, he was one of their, their leaders in goals this year as well. Um, just, you know, getting him and, and that whole, you know, the Flyers, that they, they, they definitely lived up to their name this year, I think. You know, just an incredibly talented team. And a lot of people saw this coming. Um, I, I, I thought the Flyers were going to be you know, really, really good this year. Um, I have them in at... Uh, at number three right now might switch with the lightning at number two but but for right now um i've got the lightning penciled in at two and i've got the lightning at three and my my big my 
my guy for Tampa is going to be Andre Vasilevsky. Um, I, I, he's got to have a bounce back performance after what happened last year. Um, if he doesn't bounce back, you're really, if, if you're in Tampa Bay right now and you're the GM, I don't remember what the GM is cause it's not, um, Iserman anymore. Um, yeah. If, if he doesn't bounce back, you're going to have to take a real long look, especially in free agency and look and see, okay, do I need to pick somebody up? as a goaltender because Vassy's just not getting it done. It's unfortunate, you know, you, you get a team that, you know, caliber together for, for that long and, you know, broke all the records last year and then just to get swept by by the Blue Jays, I mean, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, this has never, this is insane. Like, it's, it's, it's you know, unprecedented. Almost, that, you know? that was the first time in NHL, the 101-year NHL history, that the two top seeds had lost in the opening round of the playoffs. Just absolutely insane. Hockey's a weird sport, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not like the others, I'll tell you that much. Um, but for me, as, as far as for the lightning uh more of their redemption path as well i'm gonna have to go with steven stamkos because i mean he didn't cheat you know it's it's one of those things they didn't show up last year um and it's one of those things where people know how good he is and i think you know he knows how good he is and, and his teammates know you know how good they all are and you know stamkos is one of those guys that you know when you think veteran playoff leadership that he's one of the first that comes to mind and him getting his team together, I think, in my opinion, will, will do them well and will be enough to secure the two seed, in my opinion. If Steven Stamkos never wins a cup, does he go down as quite possibly the greatest player to never win a cup? I mean, he's got to be in the discussion, right? Between him I and mean, Joe Thornton? He, he's got to be in the discussion. I mean... With the amount of success that he's had elsewhere, too. I mean, world, world championships, you know. world junior championships, yeah, world cup of hockey. So, like, uh, he's got to be in that discussion. Has to be, has to be 100%. Um, but he, he's my X factor, uh, for the Lightning, um, for sure. Just, you know, um, basically them, them rally. I want to see them rally around Stamkos. Like I really do because he's he's one of those guys that. Well, I'm not I'm not I'm not a big Lightning fan. I'm you know I, I I'll watch them because they they are fun to watch. But you know, not a big fan of the team itself. Um, Stamkos is just one of those guys that I've always been a fan of personally. Yeah, and and like I was a big Lightning fan back when they had the Cavier and uh, Saint Louis. So early early to mid two thousands, like loved watching yeah. those guys play and. Now it's 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 really one of those times where this core group needs to show up. Victor Hedman, Stephen Stamkos, um, Tyler Johnson, all these guys have got to show up. I th- Ryan McDonough, all these guys have got to show up and ma- make a push to show that cause this this is this is the last remaining remnants uh, remnants of Steve Steve Eiserman's grand scheme of work. Yeah, and it was a, a beautiful one at that. Because if, if they don't get it done now, they're in a full rebuild within the next two years. And that is going to kill them. You got the expansion draft coming up, too. You got to think about that always. Yep. Um, yeah, let's. Uh, so we've got basically 
who's your who's your uh, impact player for Washington? I went with TJ Oshie. Um, you know you're going to get with Ovi on the power play. You know Kuznetsov's going to be good on the power play and five on five as well. Oshie's the guy who plays power play, penalty kill, five on five, five on three. It doesn't matter. He's going to be out there no matter what, and he's going to be a thorn in the side. Has he lost a step or two? Yes. But can he sustain his, his top-class play like we've seen in the Olympics, in, in their cup run when they beat Vegas two years ago? Can he sustain his prowess in the circle, winning face-offs against top guys like Bergeron, like Johnson, like Nolan Patrick from Philly? Like Quadru, uh, can if he can do that, he's gonna he can take the caps from this four seed I've given him up to possibly two. I don't think I don't think the caps beat the Bruins or beat Tampa. Uh, they're the they're definitely I think they're a tier below below those two in my opinion. Um, but for me, I don't know. For me, X Factor it'll it'll have to be John Carlson, the defenseman. Um, just kind of, you know, getting them ready just as far as just anchoring. Um, and it's again, you know, veteran guy, you know, Capitals, great, great, great team. But again, you know, a little bit on the older side where, you know, they're going to have trouble with, you know, with the Bruins and the Lightning and, and even the Flyers at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and another one that probably could have been in the mention was Braden Holpe for an X Factor. Because with oh, how yeah. shaky he was all year, and then having Samsonov come in and try 100%. to right the ship, uh, 100%. I mean, even on their cup run, Opie was terrible, and they had to bring in Grubauer through the first two games of the first round, and Grubauer wasn't what he was during the regular season. Thank, thankfully, that switched when he came here. Um, <laughs> but he came in and kind of gave Hopi a, a mental reset of, okay, I have to play better. And then, of course, the rest is history. They go on to win it, and they kill the demons of playing Pittsburgh. But um, even then, like with with the matchups that I have in round two, I have Washington and Pittsburgh in another seven game series, and those are so much fun to watch. It is just, it's a blast. And and that'll probably be just like another another podcast in itself is just actually getting into you know. Once those matchups are set, it'll be a, a lot of fun to talk about. For sure. Lots of good ones. Lots of potential really, really good matchups. Um, for me, like, it, it, you know, I'm excited to see um, as far as just, like, potential, like, second-round matchups go. Um, I mean, Penguins-Flyers. you got to look at Penguins-Flyers. Like... That's, that's one of those. Oh my god, that'd be insane. That is, it's going to be if that happens. I, like, I was just looking at that. I was like, "There's no like, oh man, like that could that could actually happen." Like, oh, that's exciting stuff. Um, and because they they played in some series um, early on in, god, I want to say it's like the early 2010s where those were just volatile series. You're talking and, six, seven. Like and there was fights. It was big hits. It was everything you could have wanted in a playoff series. 
I mean, you got Philly and you got Pittsburgh. I mean, this could be interesting, man. That's for sure. <laughs> so, so that's one that I'm kind of looking forward to, at least in the second round. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get too far into into my bragging here, but that's oh man, like <laughs> talk about. Whew. Could, that could be scary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, without uh, without further ado, uh, did you have like a good um, one of those that you were just really looking forward to seeing as far as just in the East before we move to the West? The, in the second round or just the qualifying? Uh, I guess just, we'll say uh, to, to qualify, I guess, in okay. general or second round, if there's like one that you really think. The qualifying, I definitely say it's that Toronto Columbus. I, I think that's going to be the most interesting of of the four. Um, with, with just two, honestly, just two really skilled teams, especially Toronto having all their skill up front and a pretty solid defensive core. Yeah, if, and Columbus. I mean, if they get streaky like they did last year, I mean, they could go, they could run on forever. Could you never I think, know. I think that's one of those where I look at it and go, "That's if if I'm going to watch a series from start to finish, that's my series." I mean, just just playoff hockey in general. I'm just so excited to to you know get get all this stuff going again. It's mm-hmm. something that you know I've I've definitely been you know just chopping at the bit to get into um, <laughs> for sure. But uh, as far as our Western Conference. Um, the good old wild wild west goes uh kicking it off and it is wild (laughs) it is let me let me tell you it is no joke uh kicking it off we've got the edmonton oilers which you know they've had a great season this year um going up against the 12 seated chicago blackhawks and let me tell you this is one of those where it's just a no-brainer in my opinion, I've got the Hawks winning this series. Really? I do. I do. I think oh. it's one of my few upsets, but it's one of those where I feel like the playoff experience of Kane and, you, you know, you got Patrick Kane in there. You, you got Jonathan Taze. You got, you know, it's one of those things where I think that Chicago was one of those teams where they were down and out. You know, they were basically like, this is it, you know, and they're one of those teams, like one of the last, te- the last team to get in on the West. And they've got that sort of pedigree with them. Granted, they're, you know, their, their goalkeeper is not as, you know, their goaltending is not as good as, um, as it could be right now for sure. But I don't know. There's just something about, Having all those guys with with the playoff experience and, you know, it might be like the team's last year together. I don't know. There could be something cooking in Chicago. My, my, just, my main concern with Chicago is their defense. It's one of those things that's been a challenge all year for them, for yeah. sure. And even if you are getting Seabrook and Keith back, they don't have the legs to keep up with McDavid and Trey. Oh, definitely. I mean, definitely not. No. Um, At the same, yeah. I, even even with a guy like Connor, if you try to put a guy like Connor Murphy or Adam Bockquist up against mm. those guys, they're they're just gonna absolutely destroy them. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, be close. Hawks did take two of three regular season. <laughs> so, you know, um, but again, it, it's one of those things, playoffs, it'll be completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I've got I've got the Blackhawks winning this. Um, it's not gonna. I, I have it going five games. It's not gonna be, you know, any sort of cakewalk for either of these teams. Um, no. But you know, I've got yeah, I, I've got the. I've got, it's my first upset of the bracket. Really, I've got the the Hawks. Or no, I had the Raid. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've got the Hawks in this one over. Really Oilers. So I have um I have the the Oilers over the Hawks in four. Um and like the the big X factor for Edmonton is Leon Dreisidel. Yeah. Hundred yeah. I mean, he was, was, was points he leading toward, right? <laughs> yeah. And, like the the guy was just above and beyond the best player in the league. And wasn't even close. And regardless of of the the playoff experience, and, and I do agree, playoff experience is gonna be huge for Chicago. All their guys who have playoff experience are none of my are, is not my X factor for Chicago. The the guy I have for Chicago is Alex the Brinket. Brinket's actually my X factor as well because he had a huge. He was massive. And, Huge season, and once they got rid of Ryan Hartman to Nashville, yes. he really stepped up into that role and really started to turn it on. I mean, to bring it through seventy games, had eighteen goals, twenty-seven assists for forty-five points. Granted, he was a yeah. minus ten, and most of his goals, 10, 10 of his eighteen were on the power play. So, he was a force that power play i mean i remember just even watching some of the games with him um of his goals that he had been i'm talking you know bar down like he had some nasty nasty goals um some statement goals i'll say that yeah and he and he's just he's one of those very reliable guys i mean he's a winger so i mean he does he does take a lot of a lot of the heat off of kane and taves especially playing on the second line with Dylan Strom and uh, Brandon Saad, but um, and, and the Brinkett and Strom is such a good mix. They played together in junior and they just know each other so well. It's, it's really a lot of fun to watch. Um, Great chemistry. Yeah, exactly. And like, and, and where Strom and where the Brinkett really shines, like I said, is on the power play with Kane and Taves. And um, they, they bring him up to that first line, I think. Yeah. Exactly, and but if McDavid and Drysaddle get rolling like they were, it's they'll they'll run away. And yeah, I mean it's one of those things, you know. Like when I was when I was kind of just like getting my my notes together for this, it was like, okay, you've got you know you've got the Hawks and you've got the the Oilers. Every you know every single fiber in my body was like Oilers pick the Oilers, you know, <laughs> everything. Like I, I was literally just like, like, and it just happened. I was like Hawks because it's one of those things where, you know, it's basically a restart to the, 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 the season basically goes out the window now for, you know, 
all those tr- those 24 teams that have made it, this is their time. Like, all these teams, I think, are taking it. Playing for the cup, I mean, it's it's something that they've all wanted to do uh, from from the get go of this thing. But you take just the Blackhawks ex- experience, and it's something again that you know, playoff hockey is a different beast. Huh? Granted, going to be with you know all the fans and all the stuff like that, but the pressure is still there. And you know, respect with guys like Drysdale and and. You know, they're amazing players, but it, it's kind of got that vibe to where, like, I almost feel like Chicago is going to, you know, sort of embrace that underdog role with Kane and with Taze. And I think they're going to show the league that, that they're not quite done yet. Yeah. Um, the, the thing for Chicago, they're, they're going to have to score first. That would be the main they're 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 27 and 5 when they score first. One one of those losses came against Colorado. We can count one of those against them in Chicago. My my big concern is if it's a one goal game. They're mm-hmm. two and they're 2 and 9 in one goal games. Yeah. So if if they're 2 and 9, they're not going to they're 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 pretty deep in the hole. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they, they have to have the lead after two. Otherwise, it's kind of hit or miss with them, especially with now this being neutral sites and everything else. There's no crowd factor. But yeah, like I said, Ed, I think Edmonton will, will take it to them. All right. So you've got Edmonton in four. I've got Ox in five. Uh, going on to... Uh, this next one, Jared, we got the Preds going up against the Coyotes. Um, 6v11 seed, who you got in that one? So um, I took Arizona in this one. Um, I took the 11 seed Arizona. I, I, I like the makeup of Arizona's team more than I like Nashville's right now. Um, the, the, the primary reason for why Nashville, I just don't feel, has a good... They're just they're so inconsistent, right? And I, yeah. for, for the life of me, I can't understand them. Granted, they split it. They split the series one and one, but they were outscored seven to five while splitting the series. So in those two games, they got blown out in Arizona five two. Which if you go into Arizona and get blown out, that's a pretty big problem. And Pecorini has not played well. UC Soros has not played well. Is and, not, let me tell you. And those those two guys are gonna have to really show up. And let's let's be clear too. By no means has Arizona played well. Like, yeah, not even. Close. I think you know, I've got Arizona winning this too. I actually I had the Preds, but I switched it. Um, actually, pretty pretty late last night. Um, and mainly just for for the reason. Again, like I'm saying, it's felt like this season has been years, but but actually, it it completely spaced by not my mind that the Coyotes had traded for Taylor Hall this year. Completely forgot about that. Yeah, and, it was one of those ones that kind of went like under the surface. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it's one of those things where you know you take a gritty Coyotes team, you add that that offensive spark in Taylor Hall, and. Again, just, you know, I, I've got the Coyotes in four. Um, 
that's what I've got. Centers are just they're they're too you know they're too inconsistent for. Um, it's going to be a fun series, but just you know, on the other side of that, for the Preds, the uh, I mean the X Factor, it's got to be Roman Josie. You know, he's got to get his team going. Just whatever demons they have, their, their captain has to exercise them. Has to help them exercise those demons for them to make this a series, in my opinion. And I, yeah, Yossi's gonna have to step up, and so is Phil Forsberg. My guy for them is Matt Duchesne. And this is the same guy who said, I want to play playoff hockey and left Colorado. You haven't sniffed but a millisecond of playoff hockey, and when you did, you you didn't play well. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I loved, you know, it's, it was amazing him basically saying that. And then especially considering where the Avs are now, I mean, it's truly just a blessing in disguise. I feel like, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, just, he has just had some sort of destiny about him. Hasn't he? Um, mm-hmm. Ever since leaving, he, you know, and 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 for a guy like Duchesne, who ranks third on their team and scoring with forty eight points, he's still a minus seven. Or I'm sorry, no, he's third on team with a minus four. Philip Forsberg's a minus seven. For a guy who was touted as a thirty goal scorer, like a consistent thirty goal scorer, when he was in, like that's what he was going to come up to be. His first season he scores twenty four. Second season he scores twenty seven. Then he drops. 14, yeah. 17, 23, 21. He gets a thirty goal season under Patrick Waugh. And his his twenty one goal season, was or I'm sorry, his twenty three goal season, and he had seventy points. Was the year that the Avs went to the playoffs and lost to Minnesota in the first round. That was he, the wild year. Yeah, he had seventy points on a team that won a hundred on a team that won. I think it was fifty some odd games, give or take. Yeah, he hasn't been consistent enough. Hundred percent. And the. He's just, he can't, even when he was in Ottawa, 23 goals, 27 goals. In two years in Ottawa, a little bit less than two years in Ottawa, he scored 50 goals, but he was a combined minus 25. It's, that's not a guy you want that you can have definitely. in the playoffs. No, no, it's, it's definitely not someone you want your team rallying around either, for sure. Um, Again, you know, I'm just I'm not the biggest Duchesne fan he, here either. So, um, it's just kind of one of those things where you know it gets to the point where the cards are down. You know, you've been in the league a while. You know how the stuff works. Mm-hmm. You got to either put up or shut up at this point. Exactly, and and the same goes for my X factor for Arizona, Taylor Hall. Mm-hmm. You got you, you tell yourself as. Oh, I win draft lotteries for every team I go to, but we can never get any jobs done. Couldn't get it done in New Jersey. Couldn't get it done in Edmonton. With the firepower you had in Edmonton, you tell me you couldn't get it done. Okay, here's your shot. Now you got a team that has so much spread out depth, it's phenomenal. They don't have a single guy over 50 points. Well, yeah, it's when you look at the Coyotes, I mean, so if you know you think you think defense, you think defensive minded team yep. in that Ekman Larson, um, Goligoski, Chickering, uh, Osterley, I mean, just like Jason Demers, even 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 Nicholas Har- uh, Yarmelson, who came from Chicago. These are all guys you look at, and go, oh yeah. But then but then the thing that 
everyone forgets is Darcy Kemper is their number one goaltender. And he is good. I mean, yeah, he's one of those guys where you know he he's just been he was having himself just a phenomenal season too at that um just you know you know before all this stuff happened and just getting into kemper um and he's actually my x factor um for the coyotes on top of them getting you know uh Taylor Hallback, like that's going to be huge for them. But Kemper's the guy that, you know, in my opinion, he he's just going to put the clamps down. Mm-hmm. And you know, when when he plays to his potential, I could see the Coyotes walking away with this. Like you know, it's one of those, um, it's it's one of those matchups that in the West could be. Uh, you know, one of the ones that ends a little bit quicker than people think. Yeah. And, and, and on Kemper, I mean, he only started, he's been injury riddled all year, but 20, he started 29 games. He went 16, 16, 11 and two, but he had a 292 save percentage and a 222 goals against their team average for goals against average is a 246. I would love to have that across <laughs> my three goaltenders. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. I, I don't care I if you mean, put Kemper, Ranta, or Aiden Hill, who's an AHL goaltender for the Tucson Roadrunners. You put any of those guys in there, they are going to give you good games. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. And uh, just a. Yeah, so as far as, as that goes, um, talking about the team a little bit that originally drafted uh, <laughs> Darcy Kemper in uh, the Minnesota Wild coming up here, the 7v10 seed. Um, but yeah, I think that you know Kemper's just one of those guys where if he truly puts his stamp on the game, Arizona, is, is they'll win this in, in four. Yeah, um, 100%. 100%. Um, but yeah, so moving on to to that seven v ten matchup, um, I've got the you know the, the Canucks playing the Wild, uh, Vancouver Canucks versus Minnesota Wild, where the Wild took two of three. Um, the Wild took two of three regular season. Uh, let's see, as far as um, yeah, what's what's kind of your take on that one, Jared? Um, uh, I, this is one of those weird ones because um, Minnesota did take two or three. One of them was was an overtime, um, and it it was either overtime or a shootout. It was a shootout. Yeah. Um. So, and that was the most recent game that, and it was in a shootout. None of these games have been low scoring affairs. Four one four one Vancouver beat Minnesota. 4-2 Minnesota beat Vancouver, 4-3 Minnesota beat Vancouver in a shootout. These are not low-scoring games. These are high-scoring, high-offensive games. A lot of just up-and-down play. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, this, this series, for me, going either way. Um, honestly, I have... 
as far as just like people that that are, that are going to impact this series, um, you know, for the Wild, you got to look at Ryan Suter. Um, it's probably you know one of his one of his last years there at Arizona. I would think, in my opinion, and um, you know, for them, he you know he he wants a cup just as bad as the rest, you know. Um, Suter's one of those guys that you know he has been consistent as far as uh just you know how you know big name um getting up there though you know 35 35 years old now it's that you know i mean we've seen a lot of ryan Suter in in our days as avs fans and you know how much of a pest he can be as a defenseman um just those guys where you know, if he steps up, I could really see the Wild kind of rallying around him and doing what the Wild do, which is playing that brand of scrappy-ish hockey and and winning it. But then, you know, on the other side, you've also got the Canucks, which are just in of itself a vastly improved team from this year. And they've got some some fun guys on there as well. Yeah. Um, for the Canucks, I mean, I... My X Factor is Quinn Hughes. It has to be. Um, for a guy who's in the Calder conversation along with Kale McCarr, um, yeah. there's, this is going to be his time to shine. He needs to get it done. Because you can be as good as you want in the regular season, but playoffs are a whole different beast. And for a guy like McCarr who got thrown straight into the fire of the playoffs and produced... And it's going to be, you got to see the same from Hughes if you're going to have any conversation of him being on the same level. And Hughes handled the pressure. Um, yeah, for me, I was going between Hughes and Peterson. And then since you already said Hughes, I'm just going to go uh, with Peterson here. For what it's worth, he's uh, another pick, too. Uh, Elias, he's, he's a guy that, you know, you know what you're going to get regular season. Fenceman who, or centerman, centerman who plays, you know, over his head. Sorry about that. Um, and just one of those guys that's that's uber consistent. It's just ultra consistent in the playoffs or not playoffs, regular season. And he just, it's one of those things where you know you're gonna have to watch and see, you know, if he can take that next step, um, to really just be like that go to, go to guy for them. Exactly, and I mean, my guy for Minnesota is Dubnik. He. Dubnik. He's, he's got to show up. He's not played well in the playoffs at all. Um, and he's got he's to be willing to show that, you know, this is, this is what I got to do. And this is, um, this is my time. I have to, I have to show up. And, uh, I mean, even Devin Dubnik, when they made the playoffs against uh, Winnipeg in 17-18, he had a 339 goals against him. Eh. One of those things where it's like, uh, do you have the confidence to, you know, roll him out, or if he could have a good game, could not, you know? Um, and, and even this year, he's at a at a .89 save percentage and a .335 goals against. And that was through, and he only started twenty eight games. Yeah, so he it's a great X factor. I mean, you know, he he's definitely going to have to step up. You know that I mean, you know what he can give you. Mm-hmm. Um, we do, and. Frankly, it's a lot better than just you know than 
what he's said he's uh, produced this um is you know just career stats goes he's you know leaps and bounds better than than you know what he's basically referencing right now what he's showing right now he's you know definitely has to step up so he's got to show something um, or it could be the end of the rope and stay locks the number one um but i've got uh, you know i've got the that being said um yeah, it's it's one of those that could go either way with the Wild or the Canucks, but I'm just gonna go uh you know, I'm gonna go with the Canucks. Um you know, again, they're one of those teams that you know, they they were playing better. But um I, I just think, you know, with the amount of talent that the Canucks have, and I think it's it's one of those times where Again, a, a lot of like these other teams, you know, you know how good they are. Um, it's just can their game translate to the playoffs? And you know, I think that you know, they've got their seven seed for for a reason, and uh, especially with uh, you know with Peterson and um, you know all that. I, I think the Canucks will, will take that series in four, but it will be close. Yep, I've got Canucks in four as well, and for the sole reason of they're they're younger, they're faster. Suter's lost a step, Parise's lost a step, and those two guys are th- th- those two guys are essentially killing the the cap situation in Minnesota, and their deals are getting close to being up. Um, they're up two years from now as they they were signed in uh, July first of twenty twelve to ten year deals, but. I think once those contracts are off the books, you're going to see Minnesota hit a rebuild stage for a little bit. They they got a great young player in Jordan Greenway, a great young player. Yeah, but but they got to build around him. Percent. Um. But yeah, Canucks and two. Canucks and four. Canucks All right. Four. Let's go with uh, eight v nine. Good game. The Flames versus uh, the Jets. Uh, as far as uh, as these two teams, uh, the Jets won the only meeting in overtime, I believe, and it was a crazy game. Um, I'm actually really, really, really excited. Like, this is one of my favorite matchups. Um, just as far as what you get in in both these two teams in Calgary, uh, you know, and and uh winnipeg here um it's it's gonna be a good one uh as far as uh just impact players go um you know for the jets it's got to be patrick lonnie um he's uh you know one of those guys where again it's just going to be that X factor of, you know, the Jets are one of those teams where, you know, it's, it's pretty, you know, pretty high flying just overall. Um, and, you know, it's going to be, uh, yeah, basically, basically Lonnie and that line, you know, that line, if they can step up and, um, and perform for them. Yeah. Um, 
Um, I I will say my my impact guy for the Jets is Blake Wheeler, their captain. Um, he plays with Line A, and the the their only meeting came in an outdoor game in um Saskatchewan. It was their Heritage Classic game, and it was a two one game. It was an awesome game, and um the my my big concern with Winnipeg is can Hellebuck step up and perform in the playoffs because he hasn't yet. He was horrible against the Ducks and he was horrible last year as well. I, I think they played Dallas, I want to say. Um, yeah, yeah. And if, if Hellebuck can step up, then they're, then they're in a good spot. But Blake Wheeler's got to lead this team. He's got to mm-hmm. get them over the hump because if he can't do it, you're, you can't just look at your goaltender and say, well, why didn't you do it? Your, your captain has got to start leading the right way. Exactly. Hundred percent on the the other side of things. You got the Flames and the impact player. Uh, for me, it's got to be Johnny Gaudreau. Yep. Um, especially <laughs> just you know uh, how the Avs just absolutely uh, thrashed him last year. It was amazing to see. Um, one, but you know, he, one he point, one point in five games. It has to step up if they're going to be. And, you know, if they're going to be taken seriously, he has to step up and be that player that he knows he can be. But the Avs, I mean, they 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 did a very good job of kind of, you know, kind of exposing him last year. Um, they completely they completely they, neutralized him and they neutralized Matthew Kachuk in a way I have never seen players be neutralized. It was, it was amazing to watch. And, and frankly, it was just one of those things where you know, last year it was like we got the flames. Like, okay, like let's go. This is going to be an upset. It was just one of those things that I knew. Like, you know, yeah. And you can. My here's my here's my big question because because Goudreau was improving every single year with the outlier of sixteen seventeen. His first year he had sixty four points as a rookie. Next year, he had 78. His outlier, 61. Then he went 84, 99. And he's regressed all the way back down to 58 points. Yeah. Did the Avs mentally put a huge roadblock in in Calgary's mind? Oh, you know, they might have, you know, because Calgary, you know, remember, they, they were super highly touted that year. There are people that were writing that were writing the the avalanche off left and right that series. Um, I was one of the few people that actually believed that we had a shot from game one. I was like, "This is our series. The Flames are, you know, they're one of those teams that if you if you kind of just get in their heads a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of what the Avs did. I felt like they they just got into their heads and." Started playing this mental game where, um, like, okay, like you beat us game one, like cool, like we're gonna take game two for you right now and take home field, take home ice, and that's exactly what we did. And then you know they go back to to um, to to Denver and to the can, and we absolutely you know oh, rock them for four games, yeah, just insane, insane, a clinic almost, you know, and yeah they were thoroughly embarrassed just because, you know, we were also a very low seed that, that year too. We were, you know, I mean, they were the one seed, you know, we beat the one seed, like it's, you know. And 
And I, I will forever say the turning point in that series last year was Mike Smith not getting pulled in game three. That was the biggest mistake Bill Peters made that whole series was leaving Mike, Mike Smith, Smith in for seven goals. I mean, Smith, you know, outstanding goalie. Mm-hmm. Standing goalie. I mean, I mean, he stood on his head in game four through I mean, it was, 55 minutes, but... Yeah, it just got to the point where, you know, the Avs just had... And just, they were just taking it to him. I mean, peppering. They were, uh, I'm pretty sure they outshot him probably, you know, 80 to 30. Those, you know, first two games. They were putting up 40, 50 shots a goal a game mm-hmm. on Smith. And they put up 60 shots in game three. It was insanity. It's like a 60, 60 shot game. Uh, it, when that type of stuff happens, because that doesn't happen in the playoffs. That just doesn't, you know? Uh, I don't know if you if you know if you do just blame Goudreau for all that. You know, it definitely was more of a mental, just sort of collapse from the Flames. And you know, again, just just speaking because I'm a diehard Avalanche fan, it was amazing to see that happen and come to fruition. I I loved every single minute of that series yeah, as far as George happened. I mean, here here's probably three to five guys who you can blame for that series: Goudreau. Chuck, Lindholm, Monahan, James Neal. I mean, James, James Neal's back checking in game four. That, that, that overtime goal in game four to watch James Neal coast from the blue line and leave Miko Rantanen wide open on the back door is mind boggling. And oh man, you know. So, so I don't know. It's, it's either, you know, with this one. Calgary, the Flames, Jets, you you know, it could go either way. But if, if Goudreau steps up and, re- I mean, really pushes that 58 points out of his mind um, for this year, you know, I think they could catch the Jets off guard because the Jets, although they're, you know, they're a good team, I, I'm not sure if they're a good playoff team, Jared, you mm-hmm. know, Um they're not sure if they're a good playoff team. Um, great regular season team. Not sure if they have that that edge to where you know they could they could really make a a, a deep run. Um, I don't know. Uh, but for the Flames to have any sort of chance, Grigio has to step up. Yep. he just has to. And if um, if he's MIA like he was last year, they're dead in the water. If he, yeah, if he, if he plays even, I mean, if he he plays 50% better than what he did against us, they're still dead in the water. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he's got to step up like point or, you know, I mean, they call him Johnny hockey, like, Hey, Johnny hockey, let's see some shit, you know? Yep. You got to show me something. Excuse me. See something. Yeah. Like don't, don't, you know, People give him that nickname, but he's got to live, you know, got to kind of live up to it, you know, okay. one of those things. I, I've, got, far, I've got Jets in four. Jets in four. I don't think Riddick or Talbot is going to be good enough to handle Line A, Wheeler, any of those guys on that top line. And it's just one of those. Line A, you know, he, he's one of those guys where I think he can bring it in the playoffs and, you know, you look at him compared to Goudreau, and it's two different pe- two different players. You know, 
I mean, um, even even Kyle Connor to Matthew Kachuk, it's two different people. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, but I mean, as far as just the matchups in the West, I think we're really going to see uh, just some really, really good series between between these two teams, um, between just everyone in general in the West. Um, it's going to be great to see. Seeding in, in the West goes. Um, let's see. But just in the round robin, just top to bottom, number, just how they are right now before we have our say, obviously. It's St. Louis is number one, Colorado number two, Vegas is three, and Dallas is four. Tell me the Central Division is not the best division in hockey. Central Division is by far best division in hockey. And if any of our viewers, listeners do not, you know, I, I mean, it's just, I think it's a, fa- it's a fact, you know. Mm-hmm. You, got, you got the Blues. You got the Avs. You know, you got Dallas, you got Minnesota, you got Chicago, Nashville, Winnipeg. They're all in. Every one of those are in. It's insane. I mean, yeah, it's the central. It's just it's it's one of those things where, you know, it's there's clearly just a crop of of talent. And that is something I'll Mm -hmm. just absolutely. Uh, the Avs, the Blues, Vegas, Dallas. Um, again, that's in you know no particular order there, but just kind of just going through those top four uh, seeds. Um, just looking at that real quick uh, for the Blues. Kind of who who do you have as as one guy that they're going to get back that they've really missed this year? I think the one guy that they're going to get back that they've missed is Tarasenko. He's been out all year with an injury. Um, if he comes back and performs as good as we all know he can, they'll be they'll be pretty damn good again. Um, but the the guy that's gonna really steer the ship is Ryan O'Reilly, and Riley. he's I mean the last year's Con Smite winner for playoff MVP. Always, always seems to lead the league in faceoff percentage. The 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 guy is a is a maestro in the circle. Is and, he? You know, he, guy that you know you hate to have him on, you you hate to play against him. Love to have him on your team. Mm-hmm. Simple. Um, I guess I feel that way as an Avs fan every time we get him. <laughs> but you know, uh, <laughs> with. Uh, yeah, with the Blues for me, I had to go with with Bennington just because of the clinic that he put on, as far as just how he performed in last year's playoffs. Um, it really, you know, they they like I think they won they won the Stanley Cup last year large part, like you said, just because of him. Mm-hmm. And if he can elevate his game again, that. Ever he did last year, I don't even know if it was human, because he there were some there were some saves that he made, you know, during those final couple games where I was like, is this guy literally a wall? Yeah, like thing that can get past this guy. Um, if if I was a St. Louis fan though, I would never want to see Colorado again. Oh no, they they've been because raced by Colorado, by Colorado the last two games, the, and it wasn't even close. Team, 
kind of broken Bennington. You know, they're one of the few teams that, you know, I think when we played the Blues, we beat them. We put four goals on them each time we played them. Um, I think we put, they pulled Bennington twice. Um, so in, in the last two games in Denver, the scores have been 7-3 and 5-3. Bennington has been pulled in both games. Yeah. So, I mean, the Avs just maybe one of those teams that just has Bennington's number, you know? It's awesome that I that you know that we get to say that because when we did play the Blues this year, you know, we, we did we trounced them. Um it uh yeah, I mean I mean those scores that seven three game is the one I remember. I was I was under the under the impression I knew that they had both both uh both games resulted in him getting pulled and you know it's it's great to have that that type of effect on uh, especially someone who you consider, you know, your your interdivisional rival, and and even like as as fans, I shudder every time we go to Anaheim because the Avs just don't win there. And, Anaheim, and, the Ducks, yeah, it's like, you, we don't win there, and we never played well in San Jose, never. So that yeah. even that series last year, I was scared. So yeah, just because of history, you know, mm-hmm. we don't have we don't have good luck in that building. <laughs> Uh, just with everything that happened last year, I think you can agree with me that it's uh, the luck's kind of continued. But uh, you know, it's um, yeah, just one of those one of those weird hockey things, you know, where um, where I mean, I mean, you know what I know, you know, we we both played sports before, you know, you know those types of people that get under your skin, like that. You know the Avalanche are just that entity for Bennington. I mm-hmm. feel like, just I mean, and with good reason. You know the Avs are. It's not like the Avs are a bunch of chumps in in their regards. They're insanely talented, um, probably the most talented team. And just from a, a biased opinion, but also, you know, I'd be happy to back that up. I could, I could, you know, I could definitely, I could talk Avs all all day. Oh yeah, um, but then. For the Habs, my my impact player's got to be Rantanen. I mean, he's coming back from an injury this year. I mean, regardless, the Habs in general were pretty beat up just over the course of the year, um, and still managed to have one of the best road records in the league. It, it, you know, it's just a squad around him. So it's it's one of those teams where I was looking at him and I was like, you know what? Any of these guys could step up and be. Know, and and be a factor in you know in, in what they do with this playoff series. You got guys chopping at the bit, you know. Um the fact that they get to play before they get into a series, you know, that's gonna be huge for them. Cause I don't think the league's seen them healthy. Really don't. Um it's been spurts of them being full healthy, but I mean just like right before this whole thing went down, I mean, prior to Colin Wilson had been out since November, but you had Rantanen go down, McKinnon, Kadri, Grubauer, Calvert, and Burakovsky. Your team, mm-hmm. basically. And that's six dudes. Let's, let's not forget that, let's not forget our our our, uh, our goalie situation, you know? Lost Grubauer, we got, you know, a guy, Pavel, who is just an, an amazing guy, you know, basically came out of the Eagles uh, and signed with them last year. And he's been playing 
over his head. And there's been times when he's been injured, and we've had to call up Miska from the Eagles and Bebo, you know, stuff like that. Werner, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just you know, uh, yeah, Werner. My bad. Yeah, um, I said Miska. Uh, Miska's there. Eagles goalie now, um, who's also a really good goalie. I mean, he had <laughs> like he had a save this year where he he literally just barehanded a puck. I think it was uh, one of SC's. Top, I think it was a number one play from Sports Center uh, when it happened. But it was, um, but it was Miska basically barehanding a puck, um, like a rocket of a shot to for a save. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just. You know, the league hasn't really seen the Avs team. Yeah. And when you put all these guys together, and you have the guys like Donskoy, and you have the guys like uh, Nemesnikov who stepped up and have shown that they can be those types of players that need to show, need to shine in the playoffs, you know? I think you get a very, very interesting and very unique dynamic in that in that aspect as well because they're you know they're one of the few teams that you know has been had been really bitten hard the hardest in my opinion by that injury bug this year only two guys on the avs played all 70 games samuel gerard and matt nieto that's it and something yeah like something sums in the water at that point um But at the same time, like, like if you take into account injuries, Burakovsky had 45 points in 58 games. That's a hell of a year. Insane like, year. Like Landis got they, 40, 44 and 54. Rantanen was 41 and 42 games. Ima- just, imagine, imagine a healthy Miko Rantanen all year when McKinnon put up 93 and 69 games. Yeah, and, and that's when you start to realize the impact of, you, know, you can't defend that. I'm sorry, but you just can't defend that. Um, I mean, there's a reason that the Avs had one of the best road records in the league. There's a reason why they were top three in goal differential all year. Um, I think they're actually number one or number two now. I'm not sure, but I think Boston holds uh, Boston holds the top spot for that. But um, they were the top team as far as goal differential on the road. Which, if you look at that stat, Jared. It's a stat that you, that is just you know, it's it's one that resonates with people who do well in the playoffs. Yeah. Um. And I think, and, and, and even when they're outshot by opponents, they're twenty one nine and three. <laughs> like exactly. they're okay with being down. They don't care. Like they they know that at any point they're they're literally one of the few teams that at, at any point they could snap and score four goals in a. Yeah, they did it to Nashville. They just snapped on them, and boom, it was, they were down two, and all of a sudden, they're up two. It was amazing. It's like, okay. like Again, it's like, you know, they still do have that little bit of inconsistency with them, but, they, you know, it's a team that I love watching right now. And I was hoping, I was just praying that we could get playoff hockey back just because I wanted to see this team fully healthy in a series. That's going to matter. And, you know, it, it's just exciting. Mm-hmm. Um as far as the biggest impact, I, I, it's got to be Miko for me. Um, he can replicate what he did this season along in that top line, you know, with McKinnon. It's it's going to be 
just a dirty, nasty one-two punch that, you know, teams can't defend. And it's been proven this year. Yeah, and uh, we we talked about uh, Pablo Francois a little bit. Um, I'm going to go with another um, Eagles alumni for my impact player, uh, Ryan Graves. Awesome. Love that pick. Um, He got the nickname Gravy Train, so that's just kind of how I've always known him. Um, But you want to talk about a guy who comes in his first full-time year as a pro in, in the NHL and eats up almost 19 minutes of ice a game, which is... Which ranks? Heard of which ranks? Hold on. Oh, one, two, three, four, five, sixth on the team, behind only the top line: Sam Gerrard, Eric Johnson, and Kale McCarr. He it's... he has more time on ice than Nikita Zadorov by over a minute. More time on ice than Ian Cole by over a minute. That's a guy that Jared Bednar trusts and wants to put in there at all times. Yeah, and you look at Ian Cole. I mean, he's one of the best in the league as far as plus-minus reading. I mean, um, or he was this year. You know, a lot of people gave him gave him flack for that last year because he was one of the worst. But he he really turned around his game. He took, I think, he took recovering from that injury really seriously too. Yeah, um, I think he's just he's overall just a better player this year. Um, Ryan Graves is a plus forty. He leads the league in plus-minus. I, I, I'm one of the people who hate plus minus because I think it's kind of a, it, it, it's, not, it, it's not a true stat because if you're out there with Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog and Miko Rantanen, yeah, you're going to be a plus a lot more and you're going to be a minus. You're going to be in the plus. Yeah. Yeah. But the, but, the, 100%. but the thing with Ryan Graves is that he spends more time on the penalty kill than he does anywhere else. Mm. I, the, he 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 i want to say he leads the team in um in his uh he he leads the team in being on the on the pk and like he's not even it's not even close like his, his toi on his time on ice on on penalty kill is just absolutely mind-boggling half the time and that's it if if he's just out there for penalty kill after penalty kill after penalty kill, I mean, and and he's not a defensive liability either. That's that's the other really good thing. His lowest minus is was a minus two against Toronto. <clears throat> so you can put him out there in big in big situation games and not have to worry about it. Most definitely, and you know that's that is a it's an awesome awesome take as well. Um, you know, Graves is just, he's one of those guys that has really, you know, he has really, really stepped up, um, as far as just what he's done this year, uh, especially just considering the fact that, you know, how injured the Avs have been. And it's one of those things where, you know, it's only going to help you, um, get your players that don't play in the regular season, meaningful minutes, meaningful games, you know, you get in the playoffs with same types of situations, except the you know, the the magnitude of it's amplified up by by fifty, and you know you're going up against a team with the weak bench against the Avs. Like, as well, just move them on, man. Like, mm-hmm. beat you there ten times out of ten, and they'll beat you with our best line too. And sometimes that best line isn't even the top line. Sometimes it's comfort. 
it's like line of comfort and Adri even. Yeah, there's been times where Donskoy's line, you know, I mean, took over games. Yeah, it's it was just amazing to see, you know, each of those lines can turn it on at any time, which is what makes them so dangerous. Mm -hmm. So at the at the number three seed, we got the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, kind of a interesting year for Vegas. They 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 fired Gerard Gallant after. It was probably close to about 50 games, which was one of the weirdest firings I had seen this year. That was kind of one of those, uh, maybe, maybe not. And then they brought in Pierre DeBoer, who was with the Sharks last year. And under DeBoer, they went 15-5-2 and two and really started to turn it on. Um, they did trade for Leonard, too. Like, yep. you know, with, that helped with them, their goalkeeping, is, with their goaltending issues. Yeah. Because um, that was a big weakness for this team, and and it has been since their since they came into the league two years ago. I mean, granted, you you have Mark Andre Fleury, and don't get me wrong, Fleury is quite possibly one of the greatest goaltenders of the twentieth century. Oh, yeah, no, twenty first century. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean, he, he he's, he's also down. he's also said like a little bit, you know, like Fleury yep. great, but. <laughs> You know, Vegas was one of those teams that I think the Avs just absolutely beat up on in the regular season. I think it was one of the first times we lost Rantanen and we go to Vegas and net seven on them. Yep. Absolutely ridiculous. I think Flurry played that game too. So it's like the the namesake, you know, Flurry all time, one of the greatest, um, one of the greatest clues of all time. But he has lost that step, you know, and that's why they brought in, uh, that's why they brought in Leonard, who for me is their X factor because they were doing, you know, they were doing well. They're, they're a playoff hockey team, basically. Yeah. At this point, last few years. And, uh, you know, they're one, when you, when you look at what they did last year, you know, when they went that seven game series, which Amazing series again, you know, by the way, that Vegas series last year, uh, super fun to watch. Um, but it was a wild series, man. Yeah. I mean, had goalies letting in goals, you know, left, right, upside, like everywhere, you know? I mean, it was truly one of those where it was just super fast-paced to watch, but they but they brought in Leonard for a reason, and that's to, to basically uh, get an advantage in that department, in my opinion. Yeah, and... And and my impact guys, Max Pacioretty, uh, who they acquired from Montreal this year. Um, and the main reason I went with Pacioretty is not only is he their leading goal scorer, he's thirty-one. He, he's he's getting toward the end of the rope, just like Paul Stastny. Paul Stastny's thirty-four, and he's on Vegas as well. It's between those two guys, but pa- Pacioretty has always said he wanted to be in playoff situation, and he he's got now he's got it. Now he's got to show up, and he's he's kind of a he's a Duchesne, he's a Taylor Hall kind of guy. Where it's like, look, you need to show up now. You're going to be put in this situation where you're going to have to produce and be a front runner on this team, and be a leader for the young guys: Mark Stone, Riley Smith, Jonathan Mar- Jonathan Marchessault, William Carlson, um, Nate Schmidt, William Carrier, Alex Tuck, even like these guys. You have to have to have to be ready to take that next step. 
and he's going to have to lead the way. 110% right there. That's, uh, I mean, with Vegas too, it's, it's again, one of those teams where in the West, you know, they're, they're good on paper, but don't know until, until you see, until you see it happen. Yeah. And, and just in that fact, you know, I, I have them actually ranked below, uh, I have them below the Avs, uh, the round robin here as well. Um, I, I have actually, Vegas fourth. I have I have them have them fourth as well. Actually, right, but right, and stars third through me. Um, I don't know, just because yeah, you look at Vegas and it's like one of those top four teams. Got the Abs, you got the Blues. You got Dallas, who came on very strong this year, mm-hmm. and they're just playing astronomical with with you know they're doing great things with uh, you know Ben Bishop and uh, Tyler Seguin and, and all those guys. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I have Vegas in in, in fourth as far as uh, just the round robin goes. Um, but I've got the Avs up top, I think, with Rantanen. Uh, you know, I think that them getting fully healthy and just the fact that I know we can beat the Blues handily, I've got the Avs going into the top spot in the West, um, followed by the Blues, followed by the Stars, and then we've got Vegas rounding out that fourth spot. So this is a second round robin in a row. We only have one agreement. <laughs> that is crazy. And it's the fourth seed. Seed. You've got um, so I have Dallas number one, um, for the sole reason of Dallas has handled Colorado in every game. For they're four and zero against Colorado. They have handled Colorado like nobody has. They are the only ones who have swept Colorado all year, and they, they've they've proved to be a kind of a thorn. tactical yeah a thorn essentially. In Colorado side, it doesn't matter home, road, doesn't matter. The Avs cannot beat Dallas right now. And I don't know if it's a mixture of Bagan and Sen on that top line and just disrupting McKinnon, Rantanen, and Landeskog or whatever it might be, but my X factor for Dallas is Miro Heiskanen and their defenseman. Um, Heiskanen as a 20-year-old just put up 35 points in 68 games. This is another team that really doesn't have a true like front runner of of point scoring they're very they are very balanced. very balanced and another guy who's just an absolute thorn in the side right now of colorado is blake como yeah como is one of those guys that i mean i mean just recently against the avs you know whenever they do match up but he's always been Always been one of those guys that's given us problems. Mm-hmm. And and Miro Heiskanen kind of gives you that mix of a Tyson Berry kill McCarr, where Tyson Berry can can lay people out like like it's no one's business. Don't get me wrong, McCarr can do that. We saw him do that against Arizona, where he blew a dude up in the neutral zone coming back in transition. Um, yeah, amazing. But at the same time, I mean, Dallas has handled Colorado two one. Four one three two in a shootout three two in overtime. I, I mean, excluding the shootout win, 
those games were not as close as they look on paper. From, from watching it, even from a semi-biased view, they weren't even close. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's just it's it's one of those things where you know we really truly are dealing with with like a a, season, a, a reset basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exciting because I usually when you get to this point in time for the season for playoffs, you get a lot of teams that won't be able to show their best because of you know hockey injuries and you know you got guys that'll play through through stuff like that but they won't be 100 percent yeah um you know they won't be won't be giving you their absolute you know stellar best night in night out they'll try but it won't be you know um just kind of the nature of the game but this is the first time that these teams have all gotten just you know a chance to just heal and you know, talk strategy and, you know, for teams that are, that are in this round Robin, it's amazing because you get basically three warm up games to determine seating, which we all know doesn't mean anything in hockey. And then you get, uh, you know, immediately into, you know, a good, uh, I think at that point it will be a best of seven series. Um, once that second round starts, once the qualifiers, uh, qualifiers go, but I mean, call me biased if you want, but as, as far as what I'm going to say here, um, I think the abs are are going to get that one spot because only because of of how the Blues have treated Dallas, because uh, the I think the Blues actually let me look this up. I'm pretty sure the Blues did pretty well. Yeah, I, I don't think Dallas is going to go undefeated. Is what what I'm trying to say. No, I don't think any team in this runs the table. Um, the 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 Blues ha- did handle um the Stars um uh. Um. Yeah the 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 stars kind of got handled by the Blues four and one. Um, it was one one three and one for the Blues or for the Stars against the Blues. Um, okay. But they've That's... been relatively close matchups. I mean two three three one three two. I'm you got an outlier at five one. Um, and then you have another three four game. So really. Most of these are one two goal contests, and I think even the three one might have been an empty net. Yep, three one was an empty net. So really, it's a two one game. So all sure. of these are are de facto one goal games, and I mean that that could bode really well for Dallas, who really shines in these one goal games. Um, Dallas and I mean Dallas and one goal games like they're seven and nine, but that's still a much better record than most of the teams we've seen in these playoff proceedings. Yeah. 100%. So, um, and and they really start to turn on the scoring. Um, I mean, they they really they really turn on in the third period. That's where Dallas shines. The period they give up more goals in the second period, um, but they can bunker it down pretty quick. It's just it's one of those things, you know. Those those four teams in the West, those four teams in the West, the Blues, the Avs, Vegas, and and the Stars. Um, 
it's, you a, know, they're it's all, a crapshoot. Yeah. And, and and let's not forget that you know, the team in in that uh you know in that round robin, the Avs were uh ten and four in one goal games. Yep. So they also have you know, great experience at that too. Um uh, if they meet in this in you know, they will meet in the playoffs, it'll be fun. Um for sure. But yeah, so I have Dallas number one, Colorado two, St. Louis three, and Vegas four. Got uh, Avs at one, lose to Dallas three, and Vegas at four. But it's going to be close. Like I said, um, like those those four rankings are are super super close in the top three, and then uh, uh, yeah, Vegas. You know, so. Which which of the qualifying rounds is most interesting to you? Which of those those five, twelve, six, eleven, seven, ten, and eight, nine matchups is the one that you're gonna literally block out time in your day to watch? You know, as far as the West goes, I'm gonna say, you know, I'm gonna have to say the the Oilers Blackhawks just because you know the Oilers have just a great team. And uh, it's, you know, I think that's going to be just, it's going to be classic black. It's going to be just, you know, good playoff hockey. Um, you know, you got some of my, you know, you got Patrick Kane in there who amazing player. love watching him. You know, he's, he still does stuff with the puck that I don't, that I don't get how like a man operates like that. It's insane. Yeah. Um, just you know, getting the, the, to watch them go up against uh, Edmonton, um, good. But there's so many others in in the West. It's it's really tough to, uh, you know, it, it really is tough to put like an exact head on the nail. Um, but just just because of the history of the Hawks going up against, you know, a really good Edmonton team. Um, and part of the reason why is because I do have the Hawks winning that series, uh, you know, and it's going to go, I think it's going to go five games and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a really fun one to watch. Yeah. I, I would say the next one down from you be Nashville and I think that's going to be one of the kind of knockdown drafts. I still have Arizona winning that series in the upset, but it, I don't think it's going to be as big of an upset as it seems just on paper, it looks like an upset, but Arizona is just so much is so better balanced and so better suited for this. And with the Taylor, yeah, and and Nashville is just their their goaltending is their biggest weakness, and their depth scoring just isn't there. It, it's hard to find, and I hate to use this comparison because it just makes it seem so biased. But looking at someone like Colorado, where they have three lines who can who can consistently score. And it's not like, oh, they're hanging on like they were two years ago when they lost to Nashville in the first round where they were hanging on McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog to score as much as they possibly could. Um, yeah. I mean, Colorado has, I mean, they got guys who are just outperforming everything they, sh- they, they could be. I mean, Confer's a 30-point guy. Donsko is 30. Kadri's 30. Burakovsky's 45. And even Kale McCarr, the rookie, is 50 points. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, they're truly, again, just one of those teams that I think, you know, they're going to go deep. They're going to go a long, a long way. 
in these playoffs. Um, but you know, it's it's just it's that thing. It's just with with playoff hockey, anything anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that that being said, you know that they do have three very dangerous lines um, that uh, you know it it will definitely be just super fun to watch. You know, every single one of their lines has that killer instinct, I guess, where you know they could really. Uh, really, just stick it to you at at any point in time. Um, I mean, you know, when scoring first, they're thirty six and seven. Yeah. I mean, we'll just leave that right there. I mean, they are a team that's going to come out, hit you in the mouth, and then keep hitting you in the mouth. Like, you know, maybe not so much physically, but with our with with speed and with you know, like. The Avs are one of those teams that I would not want to face in the playoffs if I was any other GM. Yeah, and I don't know if I'd like to... I don't know how many of these teams I'd want to face either way. Like Out of those top four, I think you want to face Vegas. You got the Blues, you got... I mean, they're all, you know, very deserved of being there, for sure. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really just really excited to see them kind of just get things going again. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, um, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, who do you obviously way too early to predict, but who do you have in the, in the finals? The finals right now. Um, I have, the, I have the Blues and the Flyers. Okay, so we agreed on the Flyers. That's interesting. Hmm. So I have Dallas and the Flyers. Um, if, if everything works out like I'm thinking and like I have it planned out, I've got Dallas playing the Yotes, um, Arizona in, in the second round. So the, the official start of the playoffs, essentially. And... I, I, I think Dallas handles the Coyotes pretty easily. Um just just in their just in their past like head to head. Um Dallas actually excuse me, um Dallas was two and against Arizona, um, outscoring them seven to four in those games. And then if they win that, I mean if they do, I think they're doing the reseeding, so after that it kinda gets tricky, which they could then yeah. face anyway, You never know. I mean um, Vegas to the Oilers to the Canucks to St. Louis like it, it's just one of those weird ones. Um, that round ends, you're gonna see a lot of shuffling because there will be upsets. And, yes, you know, teams won't you know won't really know who you're playing until everything's set. So it's also the reason why I'm, I'm so excited for it. You know, <laughs> just it's gonna be crazy. This might be one of the more exciting times um, in in hockey history, actually. Yeah, 100%. It's just, it's going to be wild. Um, I'm, so, you know, I'm, I'm really stoked for this. It's going to be, it's going to be cool. Um, but yeah, do you have uh, any sort of just like closing thoughts or 
Um, anything you want to just sort of wrap this up with? I know we kind of went a little bit over on time just because it was our first podcast, but uh, <laughs> just a little bit over. Uh, just a little bit. Um, I, I mean, I will say Vegas has the abs at plus 650, which is the highest of the Western Conference teams. Um, for the other two teams that we kind of know, one of the teams that we pegged to be um, in the finals is uh, Philly at plus 750, which is interesting. So Philly's got some pretty good odds from from Vegas. In, you, you picked Philly out of that out of that uh, out of the East. That's like, I bet you won't have that. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's funny. Um, oh. Uh, but um, so, for for me, Dallas is at plus fourteen hundred. I mean, that's not a half bad pick, honestly. Um, and. Like I said, like Boston and Tampa, your front runners at plus six hundred. So it, it's very wide open. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those. It kind of feels like last year after yes. the one seeds went down. Yeah, um, it's just going to shuffle everything. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, awesome. So, yeah, Jared, thanks for uh, thanks thanks for talking with me today. And um, yeah, again to just all of our you know, all, all of our listeners, you know, me and Jared will be co-hosting this, uh, this podcast here. Uh, we, we will be dropping episodes weekly. Um, it'll, it'll start just Thursday, you know, uh, obviously recording this Thursday here. Um, but yeah, we will, you know, for sure. Keep you guys all updated on, uh, when our next one's going to drop, uh, Jared, if you want to get into just a little bit of, of what we're talking about, uh, for next week, if you want, that would be awesome. Yeah. So, um, next week, I mean, we're gonna have a little bit more, just kind of water cooler talk again at the start. Um, I know I'm playing golf again this week, so I'll probably have another golf story. Um, and then, uh, next week we're gonna, we're gonna, take a little bit of probably like a soft dive into the NBA because they don't really true have like a true structure what they're doing yet whereas like we could look at like these playoff yeah. matchups and give us what we're looking at um in the NHL um mm. but uh next week uh players are going to report to spring, spring training the NHL starting up their training camp so we'll have more news um I just actually saw my Twitter feed that Burkowski's on his way back from Sweden today he's taking a, a chartered flight awesome um, so there's gonna be a lot more news. I mean, we're gonna keep up with all these new players who keep getting tested for coronavirus, and obviously, none of this has any idea of what's gonna happen. Um, might be able to touch on maybe a little bit of a uh, of NASCAR. Even it's kind of, they've got some interesting stuff still going on. Um, I mean, and they've been making news recently, so yeah, we can yeah we can definitely talk about that. And then, sure. and later on, probably we might even take a little bit of a of a of a dive into esports too. Maybe a few episodes out. Um, and then even even if it's maybe a slow week, I I mean we got tons of old knowledge from past oh, yeah. playoff rounds and sporting events that we remember vividly. So there's tons oh, of there's tons of fun stuff we can do in the background on that. Yeah, and, and, and as far as our listeners go too, you guys also just let us know. You know, if, if you guys have a topic that um, you guys wanted wanted to shout out or anything like that, or you know, if you wanted us to take a look at, at some of your teams and kind of do, um, you know, anything of that nature, we'd be we'd be more than happy to to just kind of, um, you know, just to to do that as well. So, um. I definitely just hit us with you know any questions that you guys have or 
anything like that uh let us know what you guys thought about our takes um we would we would absolutely love it if you guys reached out to us and and gave us a follow on twitter or instagram it'd be yeah uh and i'll just drop my twitter handle real quick mine is uh not jared shuck 20 on twitter instagram pretty much any sort of social media um that's just it's just one of the easiest ones for me to make and i check that probably more than i should to be honest with you but quarantine um yeah and uh my my twitter handle is uh just joel james 15 um it's how it's spelled caps where you think and the number 15 um yeah uh thanks for thanks for listening guys uh jared thank you so much for um for taking the time out of your day to uh to sit down and have a little chat uh yeah, yeah i i had a lot of fun so uh definitely definitely looking forward to next week yep me too all right well you guys take it easy that was episode one of mile high pundit uh and then uh yeah you guys have a just a good rest of your week and, and we'll be live and streaming at some point next week easy guys later Imagine it, getting close and I've just been examining all of the fake shit the game has been packaging. I've been keeping real, I've been doing what I feel, I've been out here trying to kill every beat, I know I will, everything I'm working on, every night another song, they've been quiet all along, they gon' notice when I'm gone. I, I, I come from a town where most of the people are so close-minded, they go into school and they work in a job but they don't even like it, I won't be put in a box, nobody telling me what I should rock, nobody telling me what I should drop. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.